0: My name is Rob Auchincloss, and this is the Holocene Podcast, where we seek knowledge from the most creative, adventurous, and bright among us. These individuals are storytellers, entrepreneurs, athletes, designers, and everything else in between. It is my job as the host to take what they have each learned in their own lives and codify their knowledge so that you can use their lessons in your own life. Today, I am joined by none other than fellow adventurer, Steve Strell. Steve spends his day-to-day as a geologist, but also frequents himself as an athlete, an explorer, an adventurer, a savant, a photographer, and him and I have a wide-ranging conversation about everything from the formation of the human species in relation to geology, to our thoughts on love, to just talking about the human experience overall. And it was a wonderful conversation recorded in my living room earlier this week, and I hope you all enjoy it as much as Steve and I did.
1: Life is either an incredible adventure or it's nothing
0: at all. Steve, thank you for coming on the show.
2: It's great to be here.
0: So I want to ask you the same question that I ask everyone else, which is, what is the first thing you think about when you wake up in the
2: morning? First thing I think about, I guess first action is usually trying to um, tell my girlfriend to come back to bed because I don't want her to leave. My first thought is, do I really have to run? And uh, then I bully myself into actually running because it's the only way I'll be productive for the day.
0: So is running your, is your sport, is your exercise, is your way to start, is all the above? Oh, just mental
2: health. I mean, it is, it's not like a competition or anything like that, is I need a, uh, just some sort of form of getting out, getting active, being outside, if I am going to be sitting down and working on anything.
0: Sure, sure, I get that. And so do you think, is, is running something you always did for a long time, or is this a newer development, or...
2: You know, I think it's something where I've just always been active, um, since you know, since I can remember, I've always been someone who I have something going on. I have a sport. I have um, to be outside of the house. My <laughs> parents used to say I would just cry if I was inside, sure. and uh, they would give me a walkie-talkie and just push me out the door.
0: Yeah, and you got a lot of parents who do that. Right? Yeah, it's, it's the it's it's the freedom of growing up and understanding that. You know, I, I think I appreciate having parents that push me to go outside. It sounds like you did too. And then I think I found that, you know, outside is the happy place.
2: Right? Absolutely.
0: Inside can be lovely too. Nothing wrong with inside and hanging out. Um, and so do you run every single day?
2: I would like to say yes, but that's not the truth. Um, I have been trying to a lot more during the winter Um, just because adjusting to Seattle weather. Sure. Um, the lack of light i just realized that if i don't do it in the morning i probably won't do it at all yeah and my days are just amazingly more productive if i run in the morning yeah and it is the best way to start off things i'm not a morning person but man it has been so good to adjust to especially over these past winters and covid and everything like that and so
0: this is going to two separate parts at the same time, but do you have an alarm that you wake up at the same time or do you, do you kind of just let yourself wake up? Like what is, what is the routine there? Um,
2: Well, we have some, you know, we're in the tech world now. We're in Seattle. I've got the Alexa Oh God, who uh, wakes up and actually plays hollow scene by bunny bear. (laughs) Of course it does. um, and then, oh man, we've got a little hole set up where it, uh, plays a song. What time is that at? 645 every day. 645. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, does it plays a song. It goes into a bit of good news, which is always like I'm delirious. I'm like, what did the Alexa just say? <laughs> like, it's something always ridiculous. Like this
0: John Krasinski on YouTube. Like, yeah, what yeah. is
2: this? It's always like, oh, the ostrich was saved from the zoo, and you're like, what, what, what ostrich? And you like don't really know what's happening. The boat was set
0: free. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh, God. Um, but yeah. So 6:45 every day. Sometimes it's just like grab my laptop, respond to some emails, yeah, bowling myself into running, yep. and uh, but girlfriend is always up out of the door before I'm out of bed. So yeah. that's a little motivating too.
0: And it seems like she has to be. So before we go and talking about her at all, uh, Holocene, Song You Wake Up, beautiful song. Uh, it'll be linked below. Uh, it was the reason I originally heard of the word Holocene, but to someone from your background, it's a very common term. Oh yeah. And so without sounding pithy or obtuse, like I'll ask you the same question I ask everyone else, which is, would you describe the work you do to your 8-year-old self?
2: Oh, man. How I describe it to my 8-year-old self? Um, I think my 8-year-old self would be stoked to know that I am still covered in mud. I am still looking uh, at the dirt, at uh, the subsurface, um, and that I'm a scientist. I think I'd be really proud of you know those sort of things. You grow up, you want to be an astronaut scientist and like yeah. i i can call myself that i'm, I'm a geoscientist yeah. and um i'd love to see my eight-year-old self light up with with that knowledge so you think
0: they'd be proud of you oh yeah
2: yeah good yeah um so i
0: think most people view geology as like rocks oh yeah right it's just like oh they, they like rocks kids like rocks my cousin is actually doing your master's in geology right now um and it's always fun because people get geologists get so triggered <laughs> it's like oh it's just it's just rocks it's like no it's not so if someone if just say you're on a you're on a plane you're headed on a vacation by yourself mm-hmm. uh someone's sitting next to you and they're like what do you do you know um and you say oh, i'm a geologist I'm like oh so you like rocks like what
2: how that you- is like the immediate response it's like oh so you play with rocks
0: yeah so what is your response to that
2: i usually laugh a little bit um because surprisingly i don't uh work with as many rocks as I thought I would be working with, but um, there's a lot more to it, but for the most part, um, my focus is environmental consulting, environmental geology, and it gets a little bit more broad between there, it's not just rocks, Um, especially focused on the environment, the easiest way to describe it, I try to make things that are fucked up less fucked up and i know that is uh i love that yeah i i really think that that drives the point home but um it's the easiest way to describe it and sometimes people will kind of if they're interested they'll ask a little bit more yeah. and if they're not they'll say that works for me
0: perfect and so what what set you on this course like what 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 made young steve freshman year university of montana missoula uh say like or even later than that, whenever that time was, I want to study geology. Like, What was that process like?
2: Oh, man, it it wasn't even until college. I didn't really (laughs) have that all figured out. Um, I'd say I've always just been curious about what's around me, and college wasn't something I entered with the aspect of I'm going to study this thing and become this thing. It was uh, where can I go to educate myself productively for the next four to five years um and, and coming from utah getting out of state i was i was lucky to be able to leave and um montana was that place uh to be able to i was just I, when i first visited it was just like this is it you know this is the this is the place i'll be and i actually was wanted to go in to philosophy <laughs>
0: I, I something I actually regret not doing, but
2: continue yeah yeah so I mean I feel like I was just the uh, you know the 17 year old. I had like text all over my wall. I'd write all my dreams down. I'd thought I had the deepest thoughts in the whole world at 17 we like we, yeah, like we all do. Um, but uh, actually I went on a trip. Um, I organized a trip with a, a friend and a um, professor at my high school to go to Africa. And we actually spent the summer after graduation in Africa camping out of land cruisers um, and just kind of...
0: And where in Africa were you?
2: Oh, I started out in Cape Town. Basically Got it, drove Africa. all the way up to the top of Namibia. Wow. Came down the coast. Yep. Um, and I really think that was the Which, trip. Which, to people that don't
0: know, is right next to South Africa, but I'll give it to yeah, you. Yeah, Continue. just north of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Coast Skeleton Coast. Skeleton Coast, yeah.
2: Um, beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful place. I cannot wait to get back. I think about it all the time. But... Yeah. um. I started to collect rocks um, okay. as I, on that road trip, each stop we made. yeah, And I realized by the end of it, I just had this just bag of rocks. I didn't even bring a camera. <laughs> you know, that's the <laughs> yeah. best part is people are like, wait, yeah. you went to, you know, why do you have any photos? So I didn't bring a camera. Um, Were you into photography at the time? No, no. Okay. I was just, yeah. I was just going with it. Um, but yeah, I brought all these rocks back and I was like, one day I'm going to be able to, cause I didn't organize them. I didn't do anything. I'm I'm not like that, but yeah. I was like, one day I'm going to look back. I'm going to know where each of these trips were yeah. by looking at each the of rocks. these rocks. Yeah. And I really think that set me off. Yeah. And then it was also a little bit of just geology 101. Yeah. I, th- I think I started off as like a anthropology major, Interesting. I think. Yeah. Pseudoscience. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 And it was just, it was it was easy, and it wasn't that challenging, and uh, I really think my Geology 101, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is this is what I'm doing.
1: Yeah.
0: Where you had, like, your little your little uh, laminated place mat where you had to match the rocks to where they came from type deal.
2: And so that was, that came much later. Interesting. But, because it, it takes a little bit, because, you yeah. know, I think Geology 101 is kind of a trick, because they're like, hey, geology, we've got glaciers, yeah. go, you know, like, yeah, they kind of like make it so broad, sure. or they make it fun. Sure. And then you're like, "Wow, I'm gonna major in geology." And then they're like, "Cool, here's calculus, here's physics, here's ochem, yeah, here's mineralogy. Memorize the geological timescale." <laughs> um, so yeah, they uh, it's it's not as um, doesn't end up being as fun, but yeah,
0: I, I to me it's, I've I've taken most of those classes from mm-hmm. engineering, and that sounds sounds to me like fun, but. So I want to stop you for one second because you're the first guest I can ask this to. But if you, if, if if someone asks me like, what is the Holocene, and they're not talking about like what it means to me, but what it, what it means in an actual scientific term, like you're probably the best person to describe it. I think I describe it pretty well. But do you? Wh- what? How would you answer that question? Someone playing next to you is like, what is the Holocene? I, I see yeah,
2: a- absolutely. So most um, geologists would consider the Holocene the current time period we're yes. in the or as they say geological epoch right? Ge- yeah, yeah the geological yeah, I mean that that starts to get really confusing yeah. but um the current geological time period that we are in um, there are a few people who will say that we're in the I think it's the anthropomorphic scene or something like that basically yeah, means sure. once humans are affecting but that's not mm-hmm. widely accepted yeah. um, so yes we us humans are are in the Holocene I love this that. is the this is the time we are looking at. Yes. This is the this is the present.
0: Everything that we know and have ever experienced has existed in the whole scene. Yeah. That's the human experience. Yeah. And that's
2: why I called it that. Oh man. I mean, if you want to get into geological time, that's it's a whole other world.
0: Yeah. No, um, and we can we can go down that rabbit hole, but there's plenty of stuff we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people I think geologists know this degree is that everyone's like, oh, geologists are cool, they they do stuff, but I think most people don't have an idea of what a geologist does beyond like, a, like, a, like an educational perspective, mm-hmm. right? Like you sure in school and university and research, but as a geologist, I feel like you're either working in something related to oil or something not related to oil.
2: Yeah, for the most part, that's um, especially when I was in Montana yeah. where, where I uh, got my degree, um, almost everyone I knew went into uh, in the energy yeah. sector and energy, in North yeah, Dakota. Yeah, Dakota. energy in is fracking yeah. natural gas all that stuff sure. um which a lot of money there great thing to be in yeah yeah um well for now for now yeah i mean for for quite some time we're always gonna we're always yeah. gonna need natural I mean, gas and everything but
0: what what's the, what's the joke for uh for geologists like solar panels it's like yeah it's silicon that's it
2: i mean yeah everything 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 is geology yeah no, if, if uh, you yeah. can you can say anything is geology but um for what like a best the best perspective for a geologist is you can be in engineering, you can be in, you know, building bridges, you can be building infrastructure, yep. all of that. You can be an environmental. So you're yep. taking care of the air, the sure. water. So it's not sure. just it's not just rocks, it's yep. I do I do vapor work, I do you sure. know,
0: the environmental degradation of existing structures which are all based on mm-hmm. existing earth structures that are all based on geology.
2: Yep. So dealing with, you know, surface water, groundwater yep. interactions, you know, the the water coming out of your system, like yes. if it's clean, think a geologist. Yeah. Um, and then you look at the energy sector, yeah. which is mining, which yep. is oil, which people, yep. I like say oil and gas, but, w- you know, who yep. is finding our lithium reserves for our um, batteries, batteries and things yep. like that. Cobalt. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I think that there's a lot of, I remember, I, so I'm an engineer, an aerospace engineer, I had to take a material science class. And the first day, the professor basically just said that this is geology for engineers. Because you're working on, you know, understanding the basic chemical structure of these different materials to understand how they work in an application mm-hmm. for extreme stress in environments, like space, rockets engines wings like these are like you know materials exist in the earth's crust stretched to the absolute maximum which they should ever be used yeah that's aerospace right and it kind of made me realize like how fundamental geology was for everything and like i love the little snippet like I, I didn't know for the longest time that like my mentor dr michael fabian who you said one of your favorite podcast you listen to in this series yep. um he for a while worked at edwards air force base big concrete buildings very secretive to keep all the secrets inside obviously <laughs> um and they had to work Geiger counters for some of the, the nuke stuff they worked on. And sometimes oh. the, the actual concrete would give off, uh, like, like cause it, I, I yeah. didn't know this, it's but, like, a, yeah. concrete or con- was meant as radioactive. It's it, like... It can stick around, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, guess, I guess my thing is, like, going on this tangent, but are there any, like, fun facts of geology that just, like,
2: bl- things that still blow your mind that you would have never known unless you went in this field? Um... I wouldn't say even going in the field. I'd say just education. I mean, I I can walk down any sort of of tangent we can go on. But um, I think one of my favorite examples of the importance of geology is uh, the cultures and languages that we have. Okay. Because most of the time they were separated by mountains. They were separated by valleys. They were separated by rivers that different geological formations most of the time that yeah. allowed communities to migrate away from yes. their civilization, yeah. establish a new one, establish different languages, establish different cultures. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things is to think that like the diversity yeah. we have is something related to the geology of our of our world.
0: Yeah, it's actually, asking you to bring that up because uh, recent podcast, number 16 with Razib Khan, his whole thing is about genetics and, and the evolution of human history. Yeah, yeah. And So we talked about that a lot and so it makes a lot of sense and I think that, I need to get you two in a clubhouse room together because I think I think it'd be cool for him to talk about a thesis he has on the, let's just say, the uh, migration of mongrels from inner China to what ended up as modern day Mongolia and like we could talk about how like the steppe plains allowed for, you know, natural irrigated farming and a very early age in that kind of climate. And that, that kind of stuff is it's so true. It's like I you know, I think Naval Ravakant, who's someone I look up to a lot, he published a piece the other day saying like science is infinite, right? Yeah. It's like it's like we will never know all of it, right? And true science is infallible. That's the fun about it. That's that's what makes it fun. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so and so it's always fun, like even in my teachings and, and research that I did when I was in school, it's like Sometimes you know almost everything you can and you build it and you test it and every time it's gonna be different yeah. because these are real things. They're like they're not human, but they're still things. So there's still variations which we don't understand down to the level that which they vary.
2: There's somewhat of a comfort in the aspect of understanding that we can never know it all. And I think people get so caught up in being like, this has to be perfect. We have everything figured out. You know, it has to be this way. It's just not the case, especially geology will teach you. I mean, we're learning things every day. The more you learn, the more uncertainties there are. And and that's really what makes science so interesting is just like, we always have more to learn. There's always uncertainties. And you can always build on all of the knowledge of your past I mean, really, like geology is just a more impressive history class. Yeah,
0: because it's backed by science.
2: Well, I mean, not <laughs> even that. I mean, you look at you look at history classes. Uh, when does a, a a world history class? When do you think it starts off? Like when 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 do you think the like, section one of a history class is? It really
0: depends, and, and I'm going to answer your question. I know you're asking more like. Ob- obtusely, but I'm going to answer it directly, acutely, and so it's like I grew up in Massachusetts, which is known for having like a very rigorous histor- history-based mm-hmm. education program, um, and we started at the beginning of what is considered to be human history. Yes, yeah. that's, that's where we started. But in realistic, like, I mean, so what's what's my favorite analogy? It's like if the existence of the Earth, in terms of formation, was a clock, and it was reading a one hour. It's a simple analog clock, right? Like. Human existence is the last what three and a half seconds. Yeah, I the way
2: I learned it was yeah. on a year calendar. Year calendar. Yeah, yeah. and mm. I mean I can I can I can leave with that. But no, uh, no no please finish it. But yeah, finish. so uh, if you're looking at a year calendar, the best way to understand geologic time. Yes. Which is just it. I still don't. You yeah. know it's yeah, just you sure. you can you can spend all of college trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's four dimensional. So y- yeah. A, yeah, you. Have January one,
1: yeah,
2: Earth is formed. Yeah. You have, I believe, Halloween. Yeah, is when multicellular life begins. Got it. So you have about ten, <laughs> ten, ten, ten months, months. yeah, literally. out of the twelve Jesus. with no life. And it's just like, <laughs> I think a lot of people when you say that, especially at a bar, they're like, "Yeah, okay, I'm gonna close out my tab and leave." Um, but then you start getting to the point of, like, the dinosaurs. Yeah. Or I, I would say, like, even the fish. Because like, yeah. like a lot of people think about how marine yeah. life came around before the dinosaurs. Yes, it's true. The marine life was late November. Yeah. Uh, dinosaurs, they say about December 16th to the 26th, just after Christmas, dinosaurs gone. Yeah. We are basically... The last like minute was the ice age, <laughs> so we're all getting ready for New Year's. The last minute, yeah, ice age. Yeah. We're like the last six, twelve seconds. I mean, we're <laughs> we're nothing. You know,
0: like it just it just makes you feel so fucking small and insignificant, and just like so. It's I think wonderful, though. It is. So I think every true scientist is, is a nihilist. I, I, I oh no, know. I don't agree. I, I don't. Agree. No, but, but hear me out. Hear me out. So yeah. so like. I think life is pointless and life is everything. So, like, I'm not a nihilist by Cere- definition. you're an absurdist. I'm absurdist, yeah, yeah. right? But, like, you have to understand that, like, nihilism, nihilism, whatever I pronounce as nihilism, mm-hmm. has a point, right? And that, like, so so I view it kind of inversely, right? If everything has a point, then nothing has a point.
2: I feel like nihilism, for the most part, from what I've understood, yeah, it's just kind of a way to sound, like, edgy and like to like be like hey this sure. is an excuse for me not caring oh yeah and we are human beings yeah and giving a shit is one of the most impressive things that we can do yeah so when i hear people get i mean i've gone through that phase yeah. you know i've gone through that nihilistic you know nothing matters you know sure like, but we all it's depressing ev- everyone ever yeah exactly <laughs> every, everyone goes through that yeah, that, that and anxiety is view. the opposite. And especially as a geologist, when you're like, Yeah, living in it. I'm a blade of grass on a football field. <laughs> you know, you're
0: like, what What matters? Yeah. But I'm a bundle of atoms what's traveling. So cool it's when you're able
2: to flip it. Like, yeah. holy shit, out of all this time, yeah. I'm on a blade of grass? This is badass. Like, let's go. And it can yeah. be so inspiring. And you know what? So what if it's not like, this it, it, it's not this like ma- I, I, insignificance can be so beautiful
0: oh absolutely but that's that that's the power of the human species right it's so so I, I think about let's look, so we're gonna go into biology for a second Jessica. evolutionary theory so the only reason that human societies exist as long as it has is because the hallmark difference between us and every other species on earth the gorillas the dolphins the the, the, the ants the the beautiful beautiful, what are those things called that survive everything? They're um, tardy, tardy. Oh, the, the, the bears. Yeah, the tardy, tardy grams. Yeah, whatever yeah, so they're like called.
2: Oh, I love those things.
0: So we are the only existing species that we know of that has the ability to construct things in our imagination that don't exist. Mm-hmm. We're the only species with imagination. And because of that, we are able to plan things and design things and build things and create the world around us. Like we're, we, You and I are sitting here on a couch, Mm -hmm. made by humans, holding microphones, made by machines, designed by humans, attached into wires, made by machines, designed by humans, into a box that's being able to record something that's put into an internet interface Mm -hmm. that then allows us to post online so other humans can listen to us talk. Right? Yeah. Without imagination, none of this fucking exists. Yeah. Without my future doesn't exist, your existence doesn't exist, our ability to solve problems. And so, the beautiful thing with the human species is so like, When I talk about nihilism, I look at it from two perspectives. We are so insignificant, and that is so fucking beautiful.
2: So it's like an optimistic nihilism. Yes. I I, I can respect that. Because because at the end of the day. As long as it's not a, oh, nothing matters, so I don't have to care thing. No, that's bullshit. That's where I get away from. It's just like, I'll call anyone out for that.
0: I don't think that's true nihilism. though, Because like nihilism at at the foundation, it's like, that's what's been co-opted by the emo movement. Yeah, right? yeah. But nihilism yeah. truly means is like the like memes. We are with the memes, right? The meme lords, the meme cultures. Like nihilism truly is, we are insignificant in comparison to the vast universe, which is scientifically accurate. Like we are not recognizing recognizing that we 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 are insignificant. But we are also amazing. We Anominal. we we have. What are the odds of becoming a human being just from like a spermal like percentage? It's it's like one in four billion. It's 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 minuscule. Right, like the fact that you are here and you made it through, we existed in a time where you're able to grow up and succeed and be educated and build your own ideas and you know, have a girlfriend and be able to buy things and be able for us to meet on social media and, and talk about this, this situation, this problem and, and talk about life is just so beautiful And I don't know if people stop and realize that like wherever you, the listener, listen to this right now, think about everything that precipitated this moment for you to be able to listen to this podcast it is truly remarkable and something that is so beautiful that that's why I respect nihilism. Yeah.
2: I, I, I understand where you're coming from because I think people get too caught up in a, you know, obviously you can go in from a philosophical sense, like more educated perspective, but yeah. how most people think of what nihilism is.
0: I think that people, just, I, people think people confuse nihilism with depression. Yeah, I think so too. Right.
2: Oh, absolutely. Right. And Cause I, it, it, yeah, they, it's,
0: Look, and and I and I've spent times of my life depressed. I'm sure you have too. I'm sure Absolutely. every everyone listening to this has at one point, whether they admit it or not. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we all exist on the spectrum that is mental health and, and intelligence and human existence. But, you know, I think that you can't experience the highest of highest at the lowest of lows. Yeah. That's 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 point one. And then point two, I think, you know, honestly, human beings are such a beautiful construct. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going with this thought, but like we're getting very off topic, but... Oh, I love tangents. Tangents are great. Yeah. By the end of the day, we're all just a construct of the people we bring into our crazy lives. And you can send that to the experiences we have and the things we decide to do, and it's just like everything that exists in this world is because someone put it here. And someone, you know, even your parents decided to make you, decided to make me, you know, it's right. It's like, i my permission, but yeah, without your permission, no, <laughs> no, no consent was given. Right. <laughs> um, and so life is one big happy accident. And I think yeah, people take life is. really, really seriously. I just don't get, because it's just like, I want to, everyone has goals and ambitions and, and timelines and things they want to achieve. But like at the end of the day, you have to realize that like, we're all just here. And we talked about this earlier, but we're like, trying to make it work. We're trying to make it work, and and like it's okay. Like some people have ups in life because of their privilege or their skin color, or how much money they're they come from. But just like at the end of the day, like you know, we're all alive. Yeah. And I come from a very privileged place, so I'm very careful when I say things like this. But like I've been very lucky with the life I have. You know, you're also a and cis so same, cis yeah. white male, so that grew up in a. Society that had money you 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 had running water, you had food, you you're wealthy right so so and i, I don't, this is not a tangent i intended I refuse to go down, but just like I think we realize that just being alive is pretty amazing, and the fact that you know we're existing here in this country that is America be able able to have a free conversation open on a couch, drinking a bottle of red wine, talking about the human
2: existence is like it's just it's just pretty amazing yeah right and it's it's absolutely just recognizing. I, I love to be able to look back and you can choose, you know, you can handpick any little event. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it is just phenomenal. I mean, what to get, what I, what I, uh, how I got over here is the best way to say it. Yeah. I mean, I had to cross, like, I'm in Magnolia, so I had a couple bridges to go through. Yeah. Engineers and geologists. Yes. I mean, I'm sure this area, yeah. we're in, you know, where we are, Lower some Queen environmental Island. issue, yeah. like, they... I mean, these, these, gas these, these streets
0: um, are are carved out of the side of Lower Queen Anne
2: Hill. You've got yeah, you've got geologists involved yeah. with that. There's the environmental aspect. We all have this apartment. You've got like the you looking at all of downtown, which is yeah. obviously an on whole ongoing yeah uh, operation. Yeah, you're, the, you're the second like,
0: podcast recorded this couch, and the first one is like would not up marveling at the view. It's like I, I I am leaving this apartment soon, and I will miss the view. But um, it's just a reminder that like. I find cities so humbling, just like the backcountry humbling. And we're gonna we're gonna transition and talk yeah, about this. And yeah, so, what do we do? This it's just like I look at New York. I've looked at you know those drone shots of flying over New York, mm-hmm. and I think that
2: hanging out with your Gucci shoes in the helicopter. Yeah, this is fucking.
0: First off, I don't own any Gucci, and I probably never will. Second off, helicopters in New York City are a blessing. Second off, <laughs> okay. uh, but second tangent. But like, I just think that if I had a team of a hundred people. Mm-hmm. The most skilled laborers and hunters in the world. I couldn't build 0.01 percent of New York in a lifetime. Just you couldn't even get to the infrastructure. We didn't even get to the level of building the subway. We didn't even get to the building the the fucking plumbing. Yeah. Like cities are collective efforts of entire civilizations over entire constructs of periods of time. Mm-hmm. And the backcountry is different. It's like you see, like Chris Burkard, mm-hmm. who's someone that you and I both look up to, absolutely coming on this podcast in a few weeks. Um he just witnessed the birth of a new volcano in Iceland, right mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, it's new, it's brand new, but like that lava that magna that magma that that everything involved with that has been has been there for millennia and it has been waiting for this moment to shine and so like when you see mountains like we have beautiful mountains around here in Washington like some of these faces we see they look that way because of tens of thousands of hundreds of thousands maybe millions of years of geological change I'd say definitely Definitely, it's like I ask that because like I don't, I don't really know. Millions, okay, good. Millions. Yeah. But like cities, are the same thing. But it's kind millions of amazing millions. that like, I just like I always love natural beauty because, and I'm sure you can back up this is like, no human or this is why I am an atheist, but like no human or creator, in my opinion, could could ever come up with this. It is intrinsically natural and so random and so chaotic that like, it could not be designed, right? Yeah. And then, and then, human existence is the opposite. It's like we we're able to leverage the what's that quote, the Alan de Botton quote I brought up earlier. It's like um, uh, I'll, I'll pull it up while you while you, you finish the sentence because I don't want I don't want to butcher it. But I'm, like, I'm not sure. Um, I think you know, and I want you to kind of go off this, and I'll come back with the quote. But you look at the skyline of Seattle, which you see from my apartment very clearly. It's like just the space needle alone right? Like, if you were working by yourself, how far would you get?
2: Oh, I mean, come on, man. (laughs) I I know where these raw materials are coming from. I'm not getting far at all.
0: No, for for sure, but that's that's the beautiful thing. It's just, like, I always look at cities and marvel because I think that, like, no matter how hard we tried, there are some things that you could not do unless you're together, Mm -hmm. right? There's only things that you can do um,
2: in the construct of society. And it takes so much where you look at t- things like the the subway um, yes. in New York City where it is the New Line will look something years. that yeah. took so many different people from so many different backgrounds. Yeah. It helps so many different people from so many backgrounds. Yes. And that's why a I mean New York's one of those few places that has like the subway system at the level that it is. Yeah. Obviously thirty four lines, yeah. Desperate need of help right now. Still exists, still is fine. Still is doing Look, fine. Their groundwater intrusion is a little a bit of a mess and uh, some of their We're not going to go into that. <laughs> but, um, you know, New but, York's going to keep fighting.
0: And, and so this is, an, just just before I forget, the quote, I pulled up my phone while Steve talked. Thank you for distracting Got the it. audience. Anytime. Um, Alain de Botton in the book The Architecture of Happiness states, The knack of our species lies in the, our capacity transmit our accumulated knowledge down the generations. The slowest among us can in a few hours Pick up ideas, it took a few rare geniuses a lifetime to acquire. Mm-hmm. That is everything about the human experience. It's everything we just talked about. It's the idea that we are only able to succeed because of history, because of geology, because of science, because of learning. If we had to start over every single fucking time, we'd still be fucking caveman in the cave figuring out how fireworks. Absolutely. Figuring how to cook fish. But but we are able to build cities like New York. We're able to build things like what we're using to record it. We're able to build things like the iPhone that you probably have in your hand right now. Mm-hmm. And even going off that, you talked about, I love this too, tangent from earlier, the, how geology has impacted human development
2: over time. Oh, man. Yeah. Think about city
0: development, right? Well, if, if Manhattan wasn't solid bedrock and solid granite, it wouldn't be Manhattan. And
2: a, also a passive margin where you don't have significant tectonics impacting. Yes. It, you know, uh, serious volcanism, anything yes. like that. Yes. So. And I've been to a
0: city with serious those like I'll, I've been. To, I'll give you two examples, and you can I'm sure you have stories for each. Mm-hmm. But the Tokyo. Oh yeah. And Reykjavik. There you go. Right. It's like one is volcanic heavy, the other one and tectonic heavy. Right. Iceland's kind of fucked. Oh man, Iceland is just beautiful. <laughs> a, I geologists
2: dream. You've been there, right? I have not been to Iceland. Oh wow. It's one of those places I've been invited several times, but um, I've just never actually uh, followed through with it. But man, if if even just reading the Wikipedia section about geology in Iceland yeah. is so important, and um, I, I'd really say I try to really inspire my friends to if they're visiting a place, yeah, just look at the look at the Wikipedia on it. You know, yeah, like I any place I'm going to the Olympic Mountains, I want to know what uh what it's made of you know yes i want to know how it was formed i want to know the height of it. like that is what kind of feeds my interest in geology yes is just this curiosity of everything has a story geology is storytelling yeah everyone's so caught up in just like, again, it's, oh, you're a geologist. You like rocks. It's just, like, no, like, I love stories. I love telling stories. Like, I yeah. love history. Yeah. You know what? The Okay, again, we're talking about the geologic timescale. Like, the last six seconds before New Year's, that wasn't, like, me and you, like, in Seattle, yeah. the building of New York City. That was... Mesopotamia, that was the Egyptians. That was the yeah, Romans. Yeah, pyramids, aliens. Everything <laughs> that happened was that six seconds. Yeah. And geologists yeah. get to reach past human history yeah. into the past through fossil records, through d- uh, different dating techniques. And we get to say through different types of ev- evidence, th- we are, think these sort of things happened in this sort of way. Yeah. This is what we're gaining from time. This is the way we think things are going to And it's happen. fucking empirical. Absolutely.
0: And oh, fuck, man! Like, y- you're making me genetic. want to become a geologist. And I have a degree <laughs> in rocket science, but like, uh, at the end of the day, I just think that, you know, we are the stories that we tell ourselves. Absolutely. Right. And so, that's what this is about. That's what I'm about. This is what you're about. And so, we're all storytellers. And and one of my mentors, Brian Collins, he's work runs Collins in New mm-hmm. York. You know, branding is storytelling. He's like, the, he's like. I can take any company in the world and make them successful because I can tell their story, and that's like you look at. Excuse me, the most successful brands or people in the world—they all have stories. Yeah, and geology is like history; it's it's storytelling, but it's in the most beautiful way because there is—it's not subjective; it's objective. Yeah, it's like you you know, and so. Um,
2: everything, everything around you, oh, is yeah. some sort of like we can yeah, this, look at. I mean, this this, this whole hill. Yeah, ha- and have you ever heard of? Um, I was literally talking to a friend last night at the gym um i got him hooked on this geology podcast yeah it's a professor out of ellensburg yeah nick zettner geology podcast okay and again he's Link a professor below. he teaches geology 101 like yeah, beautiful and he just walks you through and he's like he's like yeah in seattle has uh the whole glacial period a little razzle dazzle like he makes it fun and interesting and he's like i no, love I'm that not a bullshitter. And yeah. In a simple way for because geology is not easy. Yeah. No one is just like, man, I really want to hear about how rocks moved. You know, like, it, it's hard for people it, to get into. It makes,
0: to. It makes sense. And, like, now that I think about it, I'm just thinking, like, I think a lot about the future history of education and how, like, I want to make sure I can not homeschool my kids but pod school and have them have specific education. I'm thinking about how important geology is at a high school level. Just, like, I think, imagine taking, like, a high-level world history course the same time taking a high-level, like, AP geology equivalent course like that'd be
2: incredible it's the, just perspective it, it's yeah. really what it gives you and i think w- as humans yeah we, i mean what is a great thing we, we we are magnificent yeah um a magnificent species but at the same time like realizing what came before you is one of is the most important things yeah. and there's more to just human history to understand and there is just phenomenal history beyond that i mean yeah you talk about Uh, the reason there's certain types of life on this earth, the reason certain things evolved are because of mass extinctions. Yeah. You know, they talk about the literally when our uh, atmosphere like formed with uh, more oxygen, there was the great oxygenation event or something like that. It was like the, um, the God, it's like the oxygen Holocaust or something like that. Like people (laughs) reference it. You can look at the Wikipedia page, but it literally talks about how, uh, cyanobacteria in the ocean started photosynthesizing, yeah. creating oxygen, yeah. and all bacteria on life died. And 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 mass extinctions, seventy-five percent of yeah more all more. anything yeah. dying. Yeah, and then the one most famously, which is uh, like sixty-six million years ago. Yeah, um, I forget the exact time period, but that's with the um, when the dinosaurs? asteroid hit. Yeah, dinosaurs. Yeah, with the dinosaurs. Yeah. And then, you know, asteroid, there's a couple of different things that, you know, Which they is, talk about. Yeah. But the, there's ways that these extinction events happened. Yeah. So, oxygen, obviously, that gave life to a lot of things. Yeah. Multicellular organisms, mitochondria was established. Yes. Um, and mm-hmm. then you look at the dinosaurs the powerhouse of the cell. Sim- oh. <laughs> exactly. <was> waiting for <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you realize that with these great dying, there was, I mean, there was one period where 96% of, of all life died. Yeah, and that was the the, the dinosaur event. Not right? the most recent, no, no, no. There's been there's been five. a few, yeah, five. And recent, and event. that was that was that's known as the Great Dying. Yeah, uh, but that was not the classic one that we know.
0: It was that before or after? Before. So before the dinosaurs died, there was the biggest one.
2: Oh, and they were still dinosaurs. We talk about dinosaurs. They were remember they were December sixteenth to yeah December twenty sixth. So, 26th, so they, though. They,
0: but dinosaurs. Survived a couple extension events, right?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you look at ugh, there's so many examples, but I mean, sharks existed before trees. You know, you gotta you gotta think. <laughs> wait, about, wait, 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 hold on. Yeah, sharks existed before trees. Yes, I, th- I believe. I mean, I mean, i I I'm pretty sure that is the case, but I believe sharks, the the most <laughs> ancient type of shark in the <laughs> oceans, existed before trees actually started to oh develop. God. And you look at things like most things used to be like ferns, or we look at things like trees. They're everywhere We're in the Pacific Northwest. Our yeah. whole economy. So my mind city, is my mind is exploding right now. The reason why huh? Seattle is such a phenomenal, beautiful city
1: is yeah. mostly because of trees. You know, the trees, like yeah. we cut down Not the sharks,
2: these monster trees. Yeah. And before trees, yeah. you know what led the forests? Giant mushrooms. They me. had to die out, and then so, trees took over. Something else had to die out. Before we go deep on
0: exist. this tangent, there's a couple things I want to talk about. <laughs> Please, so,
2: take me back. Um, there's
0: this, So, but when I wanted to go to grad school, when I was still like high on the idea of being, giving a master's, which is not worth it, the field I wanted to go into was between two different fields. One was called bioastronautics, which is the study of human life in space, mm-hmm. which is probably my first choice. The second was ABC, or astrobiochemistry. Okay. And it was all about, like, asteroids, asteroid minings, extinction events, like... Oh, I'm I, super like, into that. Uh, funny, yeah, so, so there's this event, there's this conference I went to called Space Access. Super nerdy in a hotel room, bunch of white dudes with pocket protectors. Uh, what do you expect it oh, to be? I should get one of those. Uh, yeah, I kind of want one. Maybe we can get Holocene branded ones. Like it's cool. So, so, okay, cool. We'll do that. Um, Going back to this, there's this one guy, he has a thesis where it's like, I didn't know this until I one saw him talk back in 2015, but the like, the location of the extinction event for the din- like the, the, the 66 million years ago one, is like it's still up for debate like it's still not decided so and, no and and so his big thing was look using satellite imagery to figure out massive depressions and his thesis still unproven is the best one i've seen and it basically he maps out the fact that like the entire northern portion of south america is one giant massive crater like it is this massive you mean the depression. Gulf of Mexico, or do you mean literally? Mm. Literally, like it goes into the Gulf, but like literally, like the entire like think about think about looking at South America and cutting it in half. The entire fat upper part, from like Peru on one side to Brazil on the other side, is like one slowly sloping depression down to the middle. Really, and I'll f- I'll find this and show it to you. Yeah, because I like heard
2: her. I I mean the most classical senses and a lot of things I get confused about is yeah. between meteors and asteroids. Where, yes. in asteroid is like a small planet right yeah so a meteor is a little bit
0: well, okay so he, here's the fun thing so a meteor yeah can only be called a meteor if it's in space once it enters the atmosphere it's called a meteorite yeah. Okay. yeah and so an asteroid is considered to be something that is so here's what i, I believe please, so, someone will probably correct me on this i believe an asteroid is any object traveling through space i don't think it's based on size a meteor is something that is going to be passing close enough to Earth that it will be able to interact with Earth, and a meteorite is something that is able to pass into the atmosphere and either make it to Earth or not. And I know there's more words past that, and it's mm-hmm. all Latin and bullshit. what's all science gatekeeping. Exactly, it's it, it's it's gatekeeping, which is something we <laughs> need, we need to talk about because like science, the only thing ruining science is gatekeeping, right? Yeah. And so, going back to this, but his 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 idea was based on satellite imagery and it made sense, but he was laughed out of the room many times because like of gatekeeping, part mm-hmm. one, like he wasn't a geologist, he was an aerospace engineer. Number two. He had a couple of very controversial views in the past that were wrong. So yeah. like unfortunately in science like you're given one or two shots and if you're wrong you're wrong. You're you're wrong for And this is
2: in reference to the um, Extinction event. The, the most recent of what we refer to as you know like the 66 million years ago as you say. Yeah.
0: And and because like here's the thing it's he he just he he did, he looked at it from two perspectives. He said he calculated the rough size of the crater that would be created based on the mass that would have had to hit Earth in order to create the extinction event that was created. Mm-hmm. Like he basically just used physics and engineering to and and like thermo thermo what thermogeo thermonuclear physics essentially mm-hmm. to backdate and figure it out. And he figured out that like the radius isn't ten miles. It's not a hundred miles. It's thousands of miles. Like it needs to be huge. The crater that from the impact that big to cause that level of event
2: needs to be. Fucking massive. And so the the evidence besides that is not only the crater, yes, but it is the fact that um, iridium, I believe it is, yeah, um, which is from yes, um, not extraterrestrial, yeah, from from meteorites, from things from outer space, yeah, uh, come in and that was spread across a layer across the entire world, yeah, because and that the, the argument is that everywhere,
0: yes. So the, it makes sense. It's kind of like one of those things where. Like the the murder weapon was a was a gla- was a ice knife, so it melts, so you don't see it. It's, it's the same thing with the meteorite. It's like in order for something to hit with that much power and cause that much damage, mm-hmm. there's not going to be anything left. Not gonna be like a big meteor at the bottom of a crater. It's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be showered over the entire fucking world and probably back into space. Like. I guarantee you.
2: Because that's for the most part is the Gulf of Mexico. Yes. Is the massive um, crater space in the Gulf of Mexico yes. with the levels of iridium that are spread out through yeah. the um, global surface. Yeah. And that is the main understanding. But a lot of things also had multiple impacts. I mean, there are um, yeah. other extinction events that were just from uh, climate change. You know, things where yeah. methane was produced more. Yeah. Um, there's different glaciation periods. Yeah. We, we think about the, our ice age, the most recent, right? Yeah. But there has been 33 different yeah. ice ages, and there's been 33 different heating periods, you know?
0: So going back to my thesis, my thesis from an aerospace engineer's perspective is really simple. Once we explore the moon, we will know exactly where the crater is on Earth because anything that hit with that capacity... Would have flung material back on the moon, yeah, and back into space. And the moon is the only thing; it's like the filter in the sky. It's the only thing that would have stopped material flying in all directions from from going back continually into space due to inertia. inertia Where the moon came from, right? Yes, I don't I don't remember the exact thing, but I know it's like it's a formation of another. It's, so it's ours.
2: So the the theory is that Earth was formed about four point six billion years ago. Yes, short time. January first. Yes. Yeah. And during the Great Formation event, yeah, things were just bombarding Earth because oh, you know the yeah. gravitational things were just hammering it. It was just yes. a magma planet. Yeah. You know, it was just how you imagine, like a hell would it, be. it was just you yeah. know, boom, lava, fucking everything going everywhere.
0: And, th- and we're not even talking about gravity, which we just still yeah. really don't even know how gravity works, yeah. and how Earth it's or bl- planets form. So we'll, we'll exactly. forget about that and move but on.
2: The theory is that um, essentially a large a um, planet near the yeah. size of Earth, yeah was pulled into it and there are there's beautiful simulations i'm sure i love it i mean i've poetry (laughs) about this event but the i love youtube it crashed into the forming earth yeah and just knocked it and spun it and everything that was um, all the particles from this explosion this massive beautiful collision was basically coalesced through gravity and formed into the moon. And that's why yeah. the moon circles us. Yeah. And why our Earth is here and why the moon guides our yeah. oceans. Mo- moon, moon does I mean. everything. But this event of this just crash, no one ever thinks, Well, yeah. oh, the moon is made of just, just, bo- just bodying, the <laughs> bodying the formation of Earth and then just forming into everything else. I mean, it makes it's it just ma- beautiful, it, man. It makes sense. I get stoked on that. It's just like, again, yeah. it's, all, it's all these theories, but what an amazing concept. If you look at the moon and you think, man, that thing just was down here and spun and how amazing that is.
0: I mean, I can blow your mind even further. So, Let's go. uh, Let's let's bring some nerdy astrophysics shit into this. There's this point in space called Lagrangian 1. Have you ever heard of this term before, Lagrangian? I don't think so. So there's this point between the Earth and the moon, and it obviously moves in reference to where the moon is in comparison to the Earth. But if you were to place an object at that point is the exact equilibrium between the two gravitational zones, so it's closer to the moon than it is the Earth. Mm-hmm. Um, where if you place an object there, it would pr- it would forever stay stuck between the two places. Like, it's, it's perfectly balanced between the gravity fields of the moon and the Earth, it'll never move. And that is the basis of scientific theory behind a space elevator on the moon, I'll or rotate. Mars. Because the point is not going to move. So you could actually, because the moon doesn't rotate, there it does. So you could actually put a, okay, long story short, space elevator is a tether from the surface of the moon to Lagrangian 1, and it stays perfectly still, and the and this nanofiber, whatever, it stays taut. And so you're able to essentially park a spacecraft at the, at the port, and then shuttle things back and forth to the moon, because we all know that, like, so why rocket science is so hard is because if you want to bring a kilogram of mass to just low Earth orbit. It's gonna take four to point two to four point five kilograms of, of of rocket fuel to get it to there.
2: Good old dino blood.
0: Right? Exactly. Dino blood. Uh it's it's actually not though, because rocket fuel is usually hydrogen and oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really just our, like our our sustenance is, is I just like, is, like is, pretending from Texas no, sometimes. For sure. Dino blood. Um but long story short it's it's, it's this beautiful idea that you know the most amount of energy it takes getting off planet. And that's why Elon is so brilliant and is and is thinking of making a base outside of the Earth because, like, if you're able to produce carbon, if you're able to produce fuel on the moon or on Mars, you save trips coming back and forth out of Earth orbit. And so, like, Starship, which is SpaceX's newest venture, essentially it's going to take all the fuel it has on board to get to, low, to, get to like, 200 miles above the Earth. And then a second ship, which is just a fucking fuel tank, it's going to burn just as much fuel to get the same amount of mass full of fuel to go refuel the ship into space. And that is the rocket problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the problem is, is that as weight increases exponentially, so does the fuel required to get it there. And it's, it's unless you can defeat gravity, which is not happening, it's not going to change. And that's the, that's the beautiful funda- foundation of physics and rocket science. It's this idea that like, The math and the science behind rocket science isn't challenging. And I say that from a public perspective because, like, I've always been good at math and science. But, like, it's basically high-level arithmetic. The problem is is that there's, like, 600 variables. You have solar radiation. You have the spin of the Earth. You have gravity. You have... The different levels of wind resistance as you increase out of the atmosphere exponentially. You have the fact that your rocket, so as you're burning fuel, you're losing mass exponentially. You have different
2: boiling different points. Different boiling points. On Mars. You have d-
0: yeah, and so and so like, <laughs> and also different different things. It's just like people don't realize this, but like a jet engine would never work in space because it uses air, mm-hmm. right? A rocket is the combination of an oxidizer and a fuel, and so literally like a rocket carries on board with it, and we're on a serious tangent now, but it's a fun one. Oh, that's um, Fantastic. I love this. Uh, carries on both an oxidizer, which oxidizes the fuel, and the fuel itself. So it comes along with the thing required to make the fuel burn. And so, like, I there's a Lego model of Saturn V, you and I are both staring at it in my kitchen right now. That weighed five million pounds at liftoff, right? It burned five tons of fuel a second, and that fuel was a combination of liquid oxygen and liquid hydrogen. And so the byproduct, people are like, oh. So much pollution from rocket engines. The byproduct of Saturn V is water. Water and heat. Heat, I mean, not great for the marine life around there, but the, the byproducts were water and heat and, and some carbon dioxide and, and, and reflection to uh, interact with the atmosphere, and you, you know how that works, right? And just basic Ochem. chem um, But mostly water, right? And so the most fascinating thing is that there are a couple different kinds of rocket engines. That's a liquid rocket engine. There's something called hypergolic. And hypergolic is something where the fuels that, like, you don't have to ignite it. There's no igniter. There's no, there's no flame in there. There's no oxidizer. They're just two substances that, when they hit each other, they ignite naturally. Think like sodium and water. Think like things that just. The should. moon and the earth. Yeah. But, like, no, but, like, when I these know. chemicals interact with each other, they just explode. Yeah. And a rocket is a controlled explosion. Axe body spray and a lighter. <laughs> yes. Except in this case, <laughs> they, it's like imagine, imagine taking two different axe body sprays and spraying them into each other, and, and, and the result is just fire. Right. Yeah. So so no, I wish no, I knew no that doubt when I was a kid. Exactly, me yeah. too. I could have used this. Um I'm glad the bullies at school didn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but long story short, the lunar lander landing on the surface of the moon mm-hmm. used hypergolic fuels because it didn't have enough weight to have a full system that uses an oxidizer and they had very limited system. But the problem with the hypergolic it's like a liquid rocket engine, you could turn it on and off. It has a switch. You you can it's like a car engine. On, off, on, off good. Solid rocket boosters like on the side of the space shuttle. Um, what you see with a lot of stuff nowadays with the ULA, not SpaceX, that's liquid. Those are solids. And so basically, like, when you invite it, you're literally burning a solid. And so once you light it, you can't stop it. Like, it's going. It's it's just going to fucking go. So, like, the space shuttle had to abort. They let the rockets go, and they'll just keep going until they explode. Like, you can't stop it. And then hypergolic is even crazier. You have one shot. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you can't test it. One shot, one opportunity. One shot, one opportunity. Fuck you. Um... (laughs) But so on the on the moon, and then we're gonna go back to other things. But on the moon, when they fired the boosters to get off the lunar surface, every single time that was the first time those rocket engines were ever fired. Every single time they left, so they just trusted That's in the engineering. That. I love it to get off the earth.
2: The, honestly, these people who are sitting in there making these calculations making in the sixties, just <laughs> exactly. in exactly. the sixties. Exactly. That's so cool. And then even just like recently, with people landing these, um, like. Robes on is sorry again is it asteroids or is it meteors or what are they landing? asteroids asteroids yeah. yeah how cool is that yeah. I, I love the idea of like astro mining yeah i think it sounds like the coolest thing that's and why you should buy astro- bitcoin astro geologist yeah Hey, yeah. okay. um i'm not kidding what so wait you're talking about like mining in space for bitcoin
0: yes they're related
2: they're related
0: yeah you want to hear my case? Th- okay, I think there's a whole other tangent. Maybe a whole to- <laughs> maybe like we're already an hour in. So, like, so here, think about it like this. This is where we lose everyone. So, <laughs> Unless no, they're, no, they're they're this makes investment. perfect sense. So, most of Earth's currencies is backed up by the gold standard, or used to be. It's this, this, this lo- like, like, American currencies are based on just like the American ego, essentially. Well, now. money isn't real. Neither money isn't real. No, else. it's fiat, right? Time, yeah. But a lot of the world's economies are based off of raw materials. Yeah. Gold. Silver, palladium, platinum, molybdenum—like especially the shit—and in, in phones, like the stuff that's rare earth metals, which I'm sure everyone's heard before. Those and like there are some asteroids within reach of Earth that have more rare earth metals, rare earth metals on that single asteroid than in the entirety of our planet. And so, if you were to bring back a spaceship full of this shit, you would crash literally the entire economy. And so, the idea behind, this, this is the idea. There's a scarcity in these raw materials, which found is the funda, fundamental basis of a lot of the world's economy. But in reality, there's they're scarcity on Earth. Once you start going to other planets, going to other places, like, some of these pl- things are not scarce. Like, there are planets in our solar system that are made out of diamonds. Literally, literally fucking, like... They rain diamonds. So the, the, no, the, it, it, that's, those are, that's real. Like, that's not, that's not science fiction. Like, there are places that actually rain diamonds from the fucking sky.
2: Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah because I mean, the amount of the pressure, pressure there. If you really think about it, it's just carbon and. It, exactly, it's 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 pressure. It makes right? sense. If people like that's okay. That's the whole thing about science too. Is yes. just, like people like to say like, diamond in the sky. Like, oh, how beautiful! It's like kind of makes sense. It's It'd just be, like, it's basic high concepts. Price. I mean, of but it, also, you know? can
0: we build a spaceship that could even fucking sustain the pressure of that? Who knows? Like maybe I'm grown one day with a new necklace. Exactly. <laughs> okay, that's a tangent. But so going back to Bitcoin. Cryptocurrencies and crypto assets are valuable because they have an artificial scarcity. Yeah. Right. A lot of things in this world of artificial scarcity. Until you realize that we're just on a small fucking rock in universe, full of other rocks, full of stuff.
2: Yeah. And we need to start drilling the ocean.
0: And also, we we have what explored how many percentages of the ocean? To less than ten percent. Not enough. Not enough. No. So, like, all it, all it would take was one day some. Chinese expedition exploring off the coast of China to find one deposit of some rare earth minerals to basically crash the entire electronics. Using
2: market. um, they're using AI now to predict uh, deposits of different things. If that I even had like a dollar for every
0: time I heard AI and
2: predicting the same sentence, I'd be a million. <laughs> and like Exxon, who is just oh. like they know yeah. where every reserve is. They know everything. Yeah. They the, the the system has basically found reserves that they didn't even know about. Just like okay,
0: cool, but, so we're gonna we're gonna transition because yeah. it's been a fun tangent. I'm gonna transition by this. I was at Camp Four in the in Yosemite National okay. Park. Met a guy for geology. Yes, met a guy is geologist. Mm-hmm. He's on vacation there, climbing El Cap. Okay. His job was in Greenland. He worked for Exxon or BP or one of the massive fucking international conglomerates of oil companies, and he would fly in a helicopter to remote places. And from what he saw with his eyes and his own like observations, he could figure out where oil was based on the rocks on the surface.
2: I'm sure that could work. I think a lot of it is probably a little bit more to it. I think yeah. back in the day that was probably easy to figure out a little uh, but I mean you said Greenland? I think so. Yeah, I think uh, Greenland is a little I think that's that's maybe a little bit more hard, but he said it at first and I was like, this dude's fucking I think crazy. he might be bragging a little bit. I bet you could oh, tell yeah. in certain environments, but Sure. Um, I mean you you can you can obviously there are correlations between different geological areas which we know you're flying yes. over certain areas yes. and i think a lot of people sometimes will be in a car they're like oh you're a geologist well what yep. rock is that and it's like like looking at it from far away i can't tell but from what i researched yeah in the specific a region looking, i can narrow yeah. it down and yeah. and it's just all building off on previous knowledge sure. and so i think he was flexing a little bit but there are still some amazing jobs you can do and especially sure. the economic geology aspect of going in yeah. looking for resources that's a whole other ballgame Let me rephrase I have nothing it. to do. Yet, but.
0: So think about it like this. You can tell not maybe where the oil is but you could tell if oil might be present based on what you know about existing rocks. Not always but there's there might be some telltale signs. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely, like,
2: yeah, absolutely telltale signs. Same thing, yeah. with,
0: same thing with turbulence. Most people don't know this but like when your pilot leaves on your flight, unless it's like a really fucking long, like 16, 17 flight, like they know exactly where the turbulence is and when you're going to hit it. They just don't tell you because they don't want to Mm freak people out and stuff like that. But also like, there's something called turbulence potential, which is based on the actual jet stream, temperatures and high pressure, low pressure zones. They understand like where the maximum level turbulence is and are, and they try to avoid those areas. But like, they still know where they are. They know where they could be.
2: Yep. Right? We're heading for some turbulence.
0: And it's the same thing with geology.
2: Right? It's like you have a good idea where it could be. We have a good idea of where it could You're gonna, be. You're going you, to you use it to hone you in. Further investigate. And that's the exact same thing with what I deal with professionally, yes. is with an environmental sense of Got it. we know what to expect from contaminated areas. We know what we're looking for. Now we're delineating. I do a lot of site assessment. We're saying we look at history, we look at land use, we look at so many different aspects, um, we look at gradients to top. Topographic maps, yeah. groundwater flow, yeah. build a whole conceptual model of this site and what the contaminants could be, yeah. and that's where we start to go in. Where are we drilling? Yeah. What are we sampling for? Yeah. What are primary concerns? I love it. You know, what chemical are we looking at? Like um, dry cleaners. Yeah, I'm. Mean, it, it, for anyone, just don't be near a dry cleaner. Yeah, there's a previous dry cleaner you can look it up in Washington, Most sites have them. Yeah, there's a in Washington. It's called What's in My Neighborhood by Ecology. Yeah. And you can go click and see all the paperwork of what is ongoing in your neighborhood. Wow. And it is so cool to see. And I use it all the time professionally. Yeah. And you can say like, oh, there's a dry cleaner right here. There is these bad chemicals that used to be used. Most of the time they there's just dumped them in the backyard. Size. Yeah. They would sink into the groundwater. Yeah. And they'd contaminate and cause whole plumes. Yeah. And you don't only have a water aspect, your soil is contaminated, and yeah. then you have a vapor intrusion problem. So stuff is moving up yeah. through cracks in your building yeah. into it. And literally we do these whole models on these sites yeah. and to figure out and I mean I get these yeah. projects and they're I'm the vapor intrusion guy. I'm in a massive firm. And I got hired, out here. they're like, Well, yeah, you you have experience with it. It's you. And so I'm like it's the regulations of regulations in California. I got yeah. a project down you're there. You're like, the vapor intrusion. I've guy. got, you know, a couple in Washington, yeah. like, you know, it, it's so cool to kind of figure out and make it work and at the end of the day, like you start to look at even how buildings are built, you can start seeing certain buildings have parking garages because it helps them air out, and then you have certain buildings that have a commercial space below, and then they have residential because it's based on of ongoing uh, contamination. And it's yeah. just like it, it. There is an aspect of the environmental geology. I mean, economic geology. You're like, oh man, oh sure, it's out there. We got we got all this stuff. Let's dig it up. Let's yeah. make some money. Yeah. Oil environmental. It's like, I drive around and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, but no, but we, we know where it's fucked and we know how to make it stop and we but know how to clean it up. Most people don't know
0: how bad. And that's, and that's the thing I work on daily. It's like, <laughs> I mentioned to you earlier, the, the startup I work with vector center, um, that's actually what they do. It's like it was based on like they were the ones reporting these first plumes in Michigan that fucked up Flint. Like they were and so the startup is all based on that. It's figuring out where that stuff is based on the future of water ecology. So like mm-hmm. maybe 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 we will just hire you out of what you're doing that But like okay. I so, love it. Yeah, my so, rates
2: are I'm I'm about like 116 hours. hour, so good. So <laughs> so
0: so like that's no tangent, but the point of the Yosemite story, going back to that, yeah, was that you and I met on Instagram a few years ago. Yeah. DM each other, mm-hmm. both photographers, both enjoy time outside. Yosemite is a mecca for photography. And this is the transition. And geology. And geology. But so we're gonna put a, put a cork in the geology stuff for now. We can obviously go back into it later. P- probably will, definitely. Um, but- I'll find a way. <laughs> for you and photography, what, what drew you to that? Like what, what catalyzed that? What, what, makes you keep, like what makes you keep going? Like what, what, is, what is that for you? What yeah. does it mean to you?
2: Really photography for the most part, um, I'd say I didn't pick up a camera. Uh, the first thing I picked up was my iPhone. Um, I was just taking terrible photos of the hikes I went on because I've I've always been someone who's been outside. Um, I've always been active. Like we, you know, when we started off this podcast, and I've done plenty of trips. Like I was I went through Africa for a whole summer camping. I didn't bring a camera at all. Like there was so many of these experiences. I just didn't really think that was that important. I didn't really understand it. And I, I'd really say um, kind of my tail in high school into college. I was taking photos. Yeah. Really bad ones on Instagram. I'd crank saturation 100%. <laughs> we all did. And he, like whatever I could go to 100, I was going to 100. You I know, it was it, just yeah. like 100 or nothing. Yeah. And the best part is like back in the day when Instagram was starting off, you'd like win competitions when like your brains <gasps> <friends> were like <laughs> his neon, neon yellow, you know, I know exactly. You're like, I'm like, I've archived them all. I'm like scared of someone to find them. Um. <laughs> But like literally, so I go back, and then you have like it was dumb because it's like TikTok now. You know, it's like you like post one thing, and all of a sudden you have three thousand followers. You're like, wait, why? Yeah, you know, it's like if I go a wait, week, but why? Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're like, how's this happening? This is cool. I'm gonna keep yeah. writing it. And no joke, like just kind of through college, I took photos with my phone, and I got a little bit better. And it was really my senior year of college, where I was working at a bar, and I knew these guys. um, yeah, Kent and Mikey, uh, Kent Johns and Mikey Graf, who are just phenomenal yep. artists. I don't know if you've met them.
0: I follow mike I followed Mikey Graf. Kent doesn't sound familiar, but Mikey Graf, I'm familiar with. You. Yeah,
2: those two. Um, uh, Tucker doss later became in the picture. Yep. Um, but I actually they had a parkour gym, and I yeah. would go there and I would train. It was so fun because like. Um, I, I people yeah, always laugh. Were, guess, people always s- laugh yeah, it's because it's like parkour, parkour. They're like, "Oh no, they know Michael Scott from The Office." Yeah. Like you <laughs> show, up and it was before, like in the mornings. And I, yeah. I just, I don't like lifting weights. Like I think it's just boring. Like I, sure. all that stuff. But, like they had this way. Like oh yeah, you could jump on a tramp, do backflips, do yeah. abs, do bars. Like it was super active, and it was just yeah. about knowing your body and knowing your movement. And they were brilliant. They had this amazing community of people, like the parkour community, like. That's a whole other story. you got to get one of those guys on. <laughs> yeah. it, they, they, they did amazing things in Missoula, Montana, of all places, where people traveled from all over the world. Really? But they got into shooting the gym photography for parkour. Yeah. yeah, And then. Which is very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah. And then, so they had the artistic aspect. And then I had the outdoorsy aspect, where they started getting kind of hikes and, like, landscape yeah. photography. Vibes, bro. And they literally invited me. They're like, hey, do you want to, out, of, out the bar, like, late at night where I was working. They're like, hey, man, like, you used to be at our parkour gym. Like, yeah what do you want to go on a sunrise hike? Mm. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Why would you wake up for sunrise? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, but okay. It sounds like, like the beginning of a love affair. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a lot of friends in college, like, you know, big parties, everything like that. Like well, I, I, I always, to, I'm always looking. You went to looking. University
0: Montana, like, Yeah.
2: I mean, but I'm it's always, always school. looking for people to get out with, you know, sure. and a lot of and friends I had, a beautiful place. they didn't really like to get out. And so I was yeah. always looking for new friends want to do that. And these guys are like, Hey, sunrise, let's go to the Bid and I was like, I stole my sister's um, little Canon T1. Uh, or yeah, 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 T1i. Yeah. And uh, I went out, I have no idea. And then all these guys, the sunrise came over and everyone was shooting. And uh, Mikey, he just like started filming the video of it. Yeah. And then he like posted on YouTube and called it the, we were walking down. I was like, man, we should do this every weekend. We should do the sunrise series. Like we should it's do the sunrise. He's he like, oh my God. Yeah. And so we started to basically get friends. Every week, and I was you know college full time. Yeah, I worked every night. And you were senior so in college too. College, I worked at a bar yeah. from seven to three a.m. Yeah, and then Saturday mornings, were Off like the one morning, Houston, and I, I played yeah. hockey yeah. too. Um, Jesus. in college, yeah. and um, so yeah, I would have my Saturday mornings where I'd wake up super early, usually pretty hungover. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'd go on a sunrise hike, and Mikey would film this beautiful video. These guys would teach me photography. I'd sh- I'd choose the locations because I'd been everywhere. Yeah. But I'd just never taken a camera. Amazing. And so they taught me to see all these places in a new light, and it was just beautiful. I was just like, and one of those things, when you find geology, like, like for, for, sorry, not uh, find photography, but, like, geology is yeah. one of those things where you start to see the world in a different way. You start to understand it. Photography is the same way, yeah. And photography, you start to see the world in a different way. Like you start to see light. Yeah. You start to see the sunrise.
0: Well, it's 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 amazing you say that because like you explain it to people who aren't photographers and they're just like, oh no, I don't I don't travel I'm not I don't travel for the photos. Like I don't either. It's just like I just I now see light and understand light. And like I seek that because it makes trip better. And so like there's an actual conversation I had with my friend today. I'm trying to organize a trip to Iceland and my friend Wen uh, it's from Africa. He, I said, he's like, let's go in June. When the weather is less shit. And I said, I love the end of May. It's still moody, yet not terrible. <laughs> moody. Very moody. Huh? And I goes, I like when the weather is shit. It's mood. It makes a better photo. He goes, well, I'm not a huge photo traveler. Just want to have a good time. And I was like, I know, but just the vibe in general changes the
2: way you see the entire place. Absolutely. And it's true. I would have never, again, these are the guys that tell yeah. me. I had no clue yes. until we started, they started filming. It makes I was you like,
0: appreciate, like when, And also, I think that creation of any kind, editing a video, taking a photo, creating a piece of music. It's human. It's the most human thing we can do. It's the most human it's thing create. we can do, but, but also like when you are able to capture a moment in time, right? It's like, I have friends. I take photos all the time. Most of them are like dumb, stupid. Like the, I, I'm not trying. I'm just like, I want to capture the moment yeah. because that photo reminds me of a moment in time. Sometimes they're really terrible photos of my friends like Delete that shit. I'm like, no, because I remember. I, yeah. I, I need this because it reminds me of this moment in time. I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not like, look, like, it's not, it's not for vanity, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what it's a pains in Instagram It's like the people that just post photos of themselves. It's like, you, we, there's so much more to the world than that. And so, like, I feel like there, there are two types of people on Instagram. Well, really three people trying to sell you something or scam you something. It's one, or two the people that only post pictures of themselves, and number three, the people that post-life.
2: Yeah, but it, a lot of times I see it, there's a lot of different intention behind those sort of things too. Exactly. People where you post see those things, and, but yeah. like, I think there's these people who post photos of themselves where I've met them and they're not like obsessed with themselves or anything. They're they just, just like, think what it's for. They're just like, they like being, sharing different photos and like, no, you know, in an artistic way. That. And I, yeah. I, I really like that where I think it's hard to be like, oh, they just post photos of themselves. You know, like yeah. there's different intentions. There's people who yeah. just post photos of themselves I mean I was talking people? about like the
0: girls who were like bikini pick Bikini hey, dude, pick if they're making money pick.
2: make money bikini sweatshirt pick do it bikini pick I do do it bikini honestly <laughs> like no the, no I people, agree I'm into it like I can't fault someone for money. getting into it I like it yes you know yeah and I think it's so hard is because like for a while I think with Instagram it was like oh well well I'm posting you know true to myself like I'm do-. it's like dude it's social media yeah like no one cares if you can make some money like as long as you like there's the difference between there is having an artistic vision and sticking to it. And yeah. if you are that type of person, I think that is so amazing. We're talking about people like Aaron Brimhall who are just like, yeah. he knows his stuff. Or like uh, Dylan First. I don't know if you met him. Firsty. I, dude, I his photos are just like, he went to Sedona and it was that like firsty blue tones yes, yeah, and it was just like, I loved it. No, like yeah. it was weird, but I can't believe he stuck with it and no one would actually do that. And he has his, like, you know when it's his photo, same thing with Amber, you know when it's his photo. And I think these creative people who stick to their, their style their is so impressive. Yeah. Where uh, that's been one of the hardest things to do is just like, how can you not just like balance all over the place? But those people who are so true to themselves. And you know what? If It's a guy or a gal or, you know, whoever else who's yeah. posting photos themselves and they're into it and they're having a fun time and it's positive, And, you know, they're making people happy. Like, Sure. Do it well i'm looking
0: at your instagram now and it's just like over the past um two years it looks like you've actually removed some photos from your account but like over the past few years it looks like you've kind of transitioned from like shooting the photos that i think would be more what could it be like the instagram photos that get all the likes to like you're just trying to capture your human experience
2: yeah i i really think with maybe in college, it was a little bit like, um, when I was first getting into photography and learning it and learning Instagram, yeah. I mean, again, the, the Mikey and Ken were like my gurus through all this. They were like, sure. okay, if you post it this time, you do this, you tag this tag, you do this, you do like, they were like scientists yeah. in the sense. And those guys skyrocketed, they were creative, they were brilliant. They knew the game. And now I could probably teach a course on social media if I needed to, to understand how to grow in all those different ways. But yeah, it was just never really appealing. And like, I had other stuff going on like photography was never a focus where I really felt like it was just about like I love the landscape photos I love those sort of things but one thing I really got into is I wanted to take photos that no one else was taking yeah because I knew in like the PNW like it was a big thing I had friends out here who were you know amazing we talk about like you know like Andrew and Dylan yeah a lot of those guys were taking those original photos of Diablo you know of Rowan and Crest yeah of all those amazing spots. I mean, but, but fuck,
0: man, it's like I've been on hikes with friends out here when I first moved here, and I would take an iPhone, and like it's hard to take a bad photo in some of these places.
2: Oh, it, dude. I was I had just had a friend move from uh, Oregon down to Arizona for yeah. a job, and he's a photographer, and I was like, dude, you're gonna have a nightmare. He's like, because the is p- for so young. forgiving. The light is always so beautiful. Forgiving. Whatever film you're shooting, fine. Like anything is good. It is like a gift where. You're shooting in, like, the desert, you're going to put some work in, boy. Like, you're, you're shooting yep. a sunrise, you have five seconds. Yeah. You're shooting a sunrise, sunset, yep. you have five seconds. Yeah. I lived in Arizona for four years, I know. Oh, I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you have to learn so much <sighs> how to, like, it just, it takes that much more of an effort. Yep. But I just, I don't know. from, from start my, part, best my stuff, shots in
0: the desert are, like, honestly, this sounds nuts to most people. Most people understand light, but, like, my best shots from Arizona are taken at, like, 1 p.m. Mm. middle of the light I, really? just fi- I just figured out how to deal with the light. the exactly and and that's what's so cool is you yeah. gotta
2: learn how to manipulate the light yeah and that's so much of what photography is it's just it's just light
1: noisy <laughs> well, that's all it. it is it's like yeah, so, so it really I
0: is. mean look at look at the I mean even a digital camera and hashtags obviously
1: <laughs> and ha- obviously hashtags
0: <laughs> or or I actually I think at one point in time you and I were in the same um this is like black magic we're getting into all right let's do it. um what do they call them the feature groups where were able to oh post at the same time.
2: I got thrown in the list, I didn't even know what was happening. That's the funny right. part is when I talk to people, yeah, who like back in the day, like a lot of the stuff I was just kind of along for the ride. So, when need, you we need talk
0: about it, because most people probably know what you were talking about. So, oh yeah, in the intro to Instagram. I would say this still counts for 2016, 2017 even. Like still in the early stages. 2017 of like, was starting to fade a little bit. That. But like 2016, 2017, that was, oh, like, yeah. that was the time. When I graduated in 2016. Exactly, me too. So okay. you know, it's the same year. So at, right after college, there was basically hacks to the Instagram algorithm where a lot of the big accounts you see now were just in the right place at the right time or had help. And most of them had help. Mm-hmm. And they were able to build entire livelihoods now off of this help. And so essentially I was part of this group. I think you were in it too. Tucker Doss is in it. Mason is in it. They're all are in it. And and a lot of people go, I got most of my growth from it. You got some. They all got we all got growth from it. Basically we would, we would all post at the same oh, time. And
2: everyone shared their post in the everyone group. Everyone shared
0: their post in the group. Everyone would comment at the same time and like at the same time. Yeah. And that threw it into the algorithm really and it pushed it oh forward. God, so God. literally it's just like I went from a thousand followers that. to ten thousand followers in the span of two months, and I was posting the same, terribly edited shit. Like I don't think I really fully ed- learned how to fully edit a photo until the past like
2: year. Like, oh, I, like, I don't know how to edit. I my girl, my girlfriend Jackie edits everything. <laughs> I really don't.
0: No, but like, I but it, it took me five years of tr- to like now where I look at my Instagram. You've seen it. It's just yeah. like I feel like I'm consistent and like it's something where I'm happy with. Yeah. That took years to fucking develop that and. The shit I posted back then, these photos were a shell of the story of the color of the imagery I'm posting now,
2: and I was Cause getting. Because you knew how to blow up, like you know, if you it was more vibrant, you know, right? more people would like it. God I could,
0: I them. could, I could add some people right now. I could expose some people right now that, like in my opinion, should not be where they are. That got there because of likes and followers, and they're a bunch of oh, PNW yeah. kids. But yeah, let them have
2: fun. Um, it would be kind of fun to add them. Yeah. Uh, i don't know i'm not i'm not one of them's anymore. named
0: rob also you know what i'm talking about don't you
2: <laughs> you know exactly i am talk- i won't say yeah. his last name but you know what i'm talking about uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. um <laughs> anyways <laughs> like i that that was a funny time because yeah. i think people are just trying to figure it out again like it was just like things were growing like crazy and when you started posting certain styles you'd realize like what times worked and if you like yeah. what like Again, like there was there was an entire way to do things uh, to make it show up in the explore feed or like for pre- people to shoot with, and I really feel like that was its upbringing and downfall in a lot of ways for some people. Is you people started to realize that the best way to grow, at least like the way I knew, was that yeah. I had friends who were super into it, who were super talented. Like, yeah, I loved hanging out with creative types because I had a science degree. Like. I needed a goddamn relief from yeah. physics, from math. Like, I'm not <laughs> a sci- I'm not a science guy. Oh, I didn't I enjoy am. those classes. But my favorite classes were philosophy and poetry yeah. and the Japanese aesthetic. like oh, I did not I like to to I'm not a math guy. Like yeah. if you asked me you're like what's four, four plus four? I'd be like I'd like look and I'd write it down. Same. like I do not do shit in my head. Yeah. I'm visual. I have a, a, a creative background yeah. and that's why I went into a science fellow part is it challenged me so much. Yeah, that's good. And you look into these things with like photography, it was like, I love being around these people because it was such a relief from like my day to day of college and all these other ways. And it was just inspiring. These people are just like, hey, let's you want to get in the car and drive to San Francisco? overnight after we just got off our jobs or I was like, what? Uh, yeah.
0: No. And those are the best memories best I have. I, have. I love yeah. it. And some yeah. of my
2: best friends in the world are all yeah. from, you know, these days of just like DMing someone be like, Hey, do you want to shoot?
0: Yeah. And that was and the magic of it,
2: it is. I mean, that's why I'm sitting this right pod- now is you being like, podcast, hey, you wanna that, like, like, Hey, I want to come over here and hey, talk. Hey, Hey,
1: yeah,
0: exactly. That's how I hit you up. Hey, Steve. <laughs> Hey, um, there's a <laughs> photo hey, of doc, you doc, that I remember. Um, it sticks out of my head. Uh wrong, were you you were diving into a lake.
2: Oh my god, I've dove in a lot. Yeah. Um, but, but you, I, know, so you, you know that photo I'm talking about. I, right? I think the one Didn't that Mason? really blew up for me. Yes. Where like Let me see if I can find it. It was um it was actually Michael Flugstad.
1: Yes. And it was Flugs.
2: when he Flugs, who's now like huge now, everyone knows Flugs. Yeah, he um was like when I was in college, this kid drove out, was driving to Montana, DM me. Yeah. He was like he had like thousand dollars he's like hey man like I really want to go to Glacier will you take me I was like I don't know who this kid is but like whatever like, I'll yeah, take him standard. like sounds great and I took him up there and he was in his little white Jetta we like drove up and he just had he was such a genuine nice kid yeah and he was just kind and interested and just so happy and so stoked and we'd get on his skateboard and just like want to shoot photos and we had this storm just absolutely rolling in at the end of our road trip and we're yeah. just talking about his life we're talking about his goals like what was going on yeah. with him and you know it felt good like i was in college like the kid is just Sounds like beautiful it was like yeah. it, i think it was like 19
0: i miss these experiences that we had in um instagram like i so i we're talking about i posted i posted today talking about mason like him and i were friends for years never met each other and then like Prendergast, right Prennegas. yeah yeah but like with my good friend tyson black like, now one of the closest people to me in this entire world. Like, we met by DMing on Instagram, right? Yeah. I think you and I, at the past three hours, we... we, we so, S- Steve came over at six. <laughs> we started recording at eight. Uh, we ended up uh, talking for 30. two hours. Yeah, <laughs> 5.30. Uh, we, we, we were just, like, ch- shooting the shit. But it's like, you, you know when you're going to be friends with someone. You know yeah. you're, like, like, I already invited you to come to New York. You bring Jackie. Come in, hang yeah, out with me. Come. It's going to be, it's gonna be t- a great time. But I think that's the... So, so I said today in the post, social media can be horrific yet
2: wonderful. Absolutely, right. Um, also, I just came up. Is Mason Straw related to you? Everyone asks that. I love it. Yeah. So one, I have to say, somehow he is. Sure, he has to. Sure. you know, Strell is not a common name. It's it's really not. And uh, two, I actually finally like met him after a while. Yeah. And. um, and it was just like so fun. I was like, dude, we have to have some sort of some shared history. Yeah, like, it's got okay. to be that way. And um, I've seen a few times since. I wish I could see him more. But yeah. what an awesome dude! Yeah. He's just so talented, he's so BC genuine. BC based. So he is actually. I think he's from Alaska. Okay. He's uh, based in Bellingham usually. All right. But um, he just built out his Tacoma, and he's been traveling. Nice. Um, he's got a new puppy and everything. And uh, nice. Yeah, great guy. You should definitely. Yeah. Get a chance it's to meet
0: so, him. It's so weird how like. It's like the Seattle crew is all one big family, but it's rated to the BC crew, which is also in the big family. Oh but they're I miss
2: the BC crew so much. But yes,
0: like I so one of my closest friends. It's really sad. So he moved to he moved. Yeah, my, my headphones are making noise. He moved to uh, Canada from Brazil, but Carlos Lazzarini
2: i don't think i know him yeah
0: he's a, another big like he's he's an outdoor photographer he, he fits in the same uh, if i showed you his work you'd notice him his work okay um but he moved from brazil to canada yeah, like a, Got like i got a green card and his, his we're in vancouver, canada vancouver Oh god, that's cool. and he does so much potential with that crew but with like, me, like uh, COVID fucked them up.
2: with like what about like uh, do you know like Bruin and and Zach? So and Bru- RJ. So
0: yeah. So I don't know. I know I know Carlos. And by nature, doing Carlos, uh, Lucas Hardick. I know, um, who also up is up there with um, a few of the other guys. Like, it, it's really strange. There's like a couple circles here. The, the Seattle crew I know. Okay. Right. So long story short, there's this girl named Lauren Barthenheyer who I went to college with. We ended up dating for like a year, on and off for a year. She was best friends and neighbors with a guy named Jasper Wesselman.
2: Oh yeah, and yeah. She does the uh, mountain biking.
0: Yes, and he does mountain biking. It's really biography. talented. Yeah, he's like he's like the guy for that. Yep. And Jasper grew up with Mason. Yep. Right. Prendergast, not Strel. Um, in Issaquah, is he? And I just and that was the end with that circle. And it's just like it's so so fascinating how the world works it's like i knew of mason and jasper because i dated a girl that went to college with me before i even followed them on instagram mm-hmm. and it's only because i was a mountain bike racer in college and she, and her, she's like oh my good friend is like a mountain bike videographer and i was like oh jasper like i've seen a shit on pink bike like it's <laughs> been like before youtube was like the, on pink bike right um yeah i don't know it's just like i've met so many people it's like there are so many different crews that i want to know but it's just like they're all so friendly if you know enough people like you can go and shoot the shit and meet new people and that's like I think when I was up in Seattle, I was looking forward to, to getting more ingrained with the Seattle crew, with the BC crew, but then COVID
2: fucked yeah. all that up. There's also like the tricky part is where I feel like a lot of the like Seattle kids were like, you know, they took off in 2016, 2017, yeah. where then at least I saw a little bit too where I had a lot of people who would like message me to hang out and be like, Clearly, like, their intention Clearly for what, clout. it yeah. was just clout. Like, it was just, like, hey, like, oh, like, and they're, yeah. like, taking videos of me eating a burrito, and I was just, like, what is happening? Like, like- I don't, I'm not, I'm not famous. And they're, like, people would just, like, sit, and be, like, camping, like, at the fire. They're, like, so what made you, like, get into photography full-time? And I was, like,
0: what? Likes and followers, bro. And they
2: were, like, I was, like, I'm, I don't, I'm not a, like, photographer full-time. Like, I just take photos <sighs> with my friends. Like, I'm actually, like, pursuing, like, the, you know, geology, stuff like this. And they'd be like, what? And they'd be like, so I dropped out of college so to do yeah. Instagram. Yeah. And it was just like, and obviously, like, there was a ton of people who that worked out for, like, super respectable. I love the grind, Absolutely. everything like that. But I have had 30 people DM me and say, should yeah. I drop out of college to pursue photography? And it was just like, do you have like photography set up? Like, are you at a point where college is interfering with your career of photography? You know, and they're like, well, no, but like, I feel like I need to drop out to yeah. like start taking photos. And I was like, well, what do you do on your weekends? I was like, I am full time school. I am full time work. I'm full time hockey. Like, I have a social life. Yeah. And I'm busting ass. Like, yeah, no, I don't like sleep much. Yeah. yeah. Like, my mental health isn't the best in the world. Like, so these sacrifices you make, but
0: no, it's, it's true. And it's like, so it's, it's weird because. I've had some people turn, get like turn down this podcast because I approach them on Instagram uh, and they like look at how many followers I have and they think I'm just seeking their clout.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: which is interesting because it's like, bro, if you, if you spent one second looking at the podcast, you'd realize that they're like, many people I've interviewed are on different levels of existence in terms of the popular yeah, social media. Yeah, everyone fan.
2: else is amazing. I'm just for clout. <laughs>
0: right yeah and and so and so like i don't i'm not i don't do this to get followers it's like I, I told you it's like the first 10 episodes i think i had 12 listens in the total of the first 10 episodes and then it wasn't until like i hit more about like the last month two months where like it really started taking off and actually doing well mm-hmm. but it's like you have to start somewhere there's chase jarvis i don't know if you've been chase jarvis or not he's used to be a commercial photographer he's done a lot of work like he's the kind of guy you've seen his work you just you never it's like because he's pre-instagram you don't know who mm-hmm. he is yeah right it's like Imagine Chris Burkhardt, still Chris Burkhardt, but he doesn't have the Instagram following. So like, but you still be. Oh, like, he's on 500. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Chase Jarvis, he was like one of the you know 30k a day commercial photographer guys. Yeah. Shooting amazing. Hasselblad, shooting skiers in the backcountry. Oh, jeez. So cool, yeah. He runs Creative Live in Seattle, which is like this really cool workshop and does tutorials and stuff like that. But he has this quote. Um, he's like, Oh God, I I, I can't. I'm the same with, with quotes in me, it's just like
2: I'm 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 stalling so I can find Oh man, straight. I'm not a guy on the spot. Um, especially when I, I, yeah. I there's so many things that come in my head. I was like, oh man, you know, this this inspirational quote, I'm ready to go. And you just So Chase Jarvis
0: up. says waiting to show up till you've made it is like waiting to go to the gym until you get in shape. Oh yeah. Right? And so like that was always my grind quote. I learned I learned that in 2019. Now it's like cool, like I'm gonna start this podcast and just see where it goes. And I know that like like anything, it's 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 like habit forming. There's this book called *Atomic Habits* by a guy named James Clear. Atomic habits. Atomic habits. He talks about how habits form and grow in like a very uh, human behavioral level, right? And he talks about this idea that's really simple. It's like, how do I describe this? Fuck. There's this thing called the trough of sorrow, and it's that time when you're starting a new habit or you're doing something new, which no one notices. You don't notice any differences. It sucks. You're like Sisyphusian. You're continually pushing the rock up the hill. You don't know what's fucking next. Like,
2: it's, it Man, sucks. As long as Sisyphus is happy. Right? As long as Sisyphus <laughs> is happy. I'm glad you
0: know exactly. I said it in <laughs> the beginning of the day. We were doing this one workout where it's just like, it was sets where it was like, it was three different rounds. One round would be like, um, you know, uh, lunge slide to kettlebell press, like kettlebell swings, and then burpees, and he started with six per, then eight per, then ten per, then twelve, and you kept going until you hit time, which is like twelve minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And at one point I was just exhausted and like kind of bumped, like it was, it was a great workout, but I was just over it. I looked at the instructor, I was like, this is Sisyphusian. They're like, What? I'm like Sisyphus, you know, like he pushes the rock up the hill and mm-hmm. then it falls down, he pushes it back up the hill and it falls hey, down. But
2: he's got purpose. He's got nothing else to worry about. But that but I
0: realized in that moment when I said that that like in that class I had purpose. It was like yeah. this wasn't for nothing. I was like, the more I did, the more in shape I was getting. Mm-hmm. But going back to what I was saying, it's just like, with anything, with with forming new habits, with new podcasts, with anything, the trough of sorrow is that period in which you're trying something new, and you will not see any results from it, and you'll even go backwards. You'll feel like you are wasting time, spending time on nothing. And then all of a sudden, you emerge on the other end, and it just goes really quick. It's like the S&P 500. <laughs> Stonks only go up. <laughs> stocks only go up buy on the dip buy everything dip. in GameStop <laughs> right but but no it's, it's all points like so for example if if let's just say you're trying to get in shape just yeah. say you're overweight you want to get in shape the first like month you're going to feel like shit you're questioning everything you're doing and you're probably not going to see many results because your weight's fluctuating your body's figuring it out two months in you start seeing serious results. all of a sudden you, you, you pass that point where you see the results mm-hmm. you see the you see the time and energy you've put into your efforts and this this happens in things from weight loss to sleep to to relationships to removing anxiety to getting out of depression to starting a podcast to building a new job Mm -hmm. to going in college to even instagram creating work that people appreciate yeah right it's like you know i think at first i got so put down my podcast wasn't doing well because i was comparing myself to people that already had existence it's like Tim Ferriss in his first six podcasts gained like a million subscribers, but he also had like the three books out already. So he had like people knew who he was. Yeah. People knew what to expect. When people don't know who you are, you have to prove it. It's like you you can't show up to the gym already in shape, right? Because you're not in shape. You have to get in shape. And if you're going to wait to go to the gym until you're in shape, you're never going to get to the fucking gym.
2: I just, you know, (laughs) even just the aspect of, you know, looking at, you know, starting something new you're still doing something that is going to teach you. Like I said before, creating is one of the most important things we can do as humans. Um, and every single person that you meet has something they can teach you. Yeah. And even if it's just us sitting on this couch, like we've both learned something tonight, each conversation you've had has taught you something that you can pass on to someone else. And eventually like that can inspire that one person to have that one thing. And so what if it's 12, 12, follower 12 yeah. people or one or whatever like yeah. there is one person and you can ask anyone who is a creative and they'll say the same thing they'll say like i just want like if i can just get one person to change all to that. just just like kick a little bit oh, and boy. you know what? and that's really what you got to start defining yourself off of and it really doesn't have to be anyone else It can just be like i so want to learn myself. myself you know, you know? We we talked about this. Yeah. yeah and it's just like i i think for a while it was like i wanted people to be so inspired like oh to get outside stuff like that and I realized like that was a little proud Then it was like I want people to get outside of their comfort zone a little bit more or I want people to be able to know how to balance these sort of things but it's just like at the end of the day like I just not trying to like teach too many lessons and I've just tried to sit back more and enjoy yeah and really just reflect on on <sighs> what I have and um and the lessons I'm learning and through the conversations with friends and just like the human experience um, and trying to continually share uh, the different experiences that we have.
0: Yeah. That's honestly a perfect summation of everything. I believe in it more and what the purpose of this podcast is. And the purpose of I think our, our lives are right. Yeah. It's like, um, there's this really dumb quote and I'm, I'm a big fan of it. And it goes, the, the, perp- the meaning of life is to feel something.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And, uh, you want to do things in life for the sake of doing them that is that is the goal of privilege in my mind it's like if you can live a life where you do things for the sake of doing them you're living a pretty fucking privileged life
2: yeah not like to pay rent or anything
0: no 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 not, not even that it's like think about art yeah art doesn't have a purpose are you talking
2: about, or are you talking about uh, nfts or are you talking about art
0: no no okay fuck off you know what i'm saying it's just like most artists very few artists that like, I wanna do they're like they do it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. Like musicians make music for the sake of doing it, like the real ones. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, this podcast, I do it for the sake of doing it. There's not, a, there's not a purpose, right? And that's the best kind of thing. It's like you do it for the sake of doing it. It's like it is because it is. Love is the same thing in my mind, right? It's like, you, like most of the best relationships, love, things that are real, that have meaning, that have matter, that have weight. You you do it for the sake of doing it.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> Am I wrong? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, like, I feel like it's just, like, do it just to do it. Like, I don't love just to love. Like, I, I I, think I, I don't know. I think that's a whole, I think you caught me off a little off the part right there. I don't think I. I wasn't trying to. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean you just open up, and now now my head's just running, you know. All right, like so let's. Prepared, there's a question I want to
0: ask. Like, be, let's let's go into this tangent right now. Yeah. What are your feelings on love?
2: What are my feelings on love? Yeah. Oh God, I think it's fucking phenomenal. I think it's such a beautiful thing to be capable of love. I think you know I really do look back to like the is it r- Roman or the Greek? Like, the, there's different styles of love. Yeah. You know the uh, agape and the is it like. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about yeah, like that. Um, Phyllis is that one like yeah but you're
0: so you're in a very committed relationship now, yeah, you've been dating
2: Jackie for um like two and a half years, but you've been friends for longer, like friends for like yeah like four. two years before that, yeah but you're still friends before now, now so that, four, yeah four and a half right oh yeah, she's like my best friend and all exactly like my girlfriend so at the same so time.
0: you you clearly love her, yeah, what i guess I asked that question because it usually cuts people off guard. That's mm-hmm. the purpose. Good. Because I think it's something that not a lot of us think about, right? It's like, a lot of people say I love you, but I think they don't actually understand like the meaning behind that. I think it's different for everyone
2: else. Oh man, I, in relationships, I always hold off so much. Yeah. I like, I know the weight of the word, the word so much. Yeah. And I think there's times in my life where I think I, I did like love certain people where I just yeah. never wanted to actually say it because then that meant something that meant like, yeah there's so much more to it um i think i was really tough like oh like oh well, I, I only love one per or this or that or my family my sure. family's everything like but oh, man i just i really think i've opened myself up the older i've gotten yeah. to just allowing myself to love yeah and really trying to understand the ways you can or you know even just like the love languages or, or interpret different things and there's something so freeing about being with someone just who completely understands you um, with just like knows everything about your past like being friends you know beforehand like being yeah. such close friends and just yeah. like there's there's nothing to hide there's nothing to prove there's nothing to show like it's just like there's this you are intrinsically human with them yeah it's just everything about being human i've I, I think i've had relationships where i was trying to be a certain way or trying to be a certain thing where like just absolutely being being 100 myself and also yeah. having someone who motivates me to be a better person every day yeah you know like i said in wow. the start like, what do you do every <laughs> morning it's just like yeah my jackie's taken off her work yeah. and i'm just like come back she mm-hmm. wakes up she's going like she works, yeah. you know, four tens, and then she goes to a wildlife rehabilitation clinic on Fridays and works all day. You know, it's just like yeah. she's working. She just busts ass. And then we go surfing on the weekends. And she had never been in the ocean yeah. and she surfed. And it's just like being someone like that who's so driven and just pushes so hard. It's just like I'm just lucky. Like I, I really think there's such an aspect of just like I think a lot of people are like, oh, I need to be looking for a relationship no. and my thing was, when I was moving back to utah you. when we met i wasn't yeah. like i'd gotten out of a long-term college yeah. relationship i was like i need to just make friends i'm not worried about this yeah. i need to start learn- learning to love myself like i need to focus on myself like once i can like <sighs> be comfortable with myself yeah then i can start pursuing these other things and it was just this you know just evolving into being ready for that sort of stuff and then wanting to move and doing all these other things And yeah. the minute you don't want to be dating someone, the next thing you know, you're catching feelings. I mean, it's yeah. just nothing. I'm, I'm such a calculated person. Yeah. Like I used Me to too. be in the past. It was just like, oh, that's someone I'm interested in. Like I can, I can get that. Like I can do this. I can do like, I know the steps to take. I know the things to do. Yeah. But I think as you grow up, it's just, you got to let go of those sort of things and let things fall into place and just really my brother would say trust the process. But trust really just like process.
0: Steph Curry. Yeah.
2: He's like But um no, it's it's it, I'm I'm so thankful for the, the mindset I've been able to have growing up and the experiences that I've been able to have and the people I've been able to meet. Yeah. And the friends that I have to be able to be in the place that I currently am in.
0: Yeah, and this is, this actually draws a lot of parallels to what you and I talked about before this, you know. Right? We spent an hour and a half talking about uh, something I'm not going to go into in the podcast, another story for the other day, um, about someone I do care very much about and do love. It's a close friend of mine. And, and, you know, those wires get crossed every once in a while and you have to really, it makes you really think about those things. But it also kind of reminds you that just like, something that this particular human being and I have agreed on is this idea that like, the person that you end up finding what you and Jackie have with, it's either someone that you meet randomly and scoops you off your feet immediately or it's someone that you've been percolating with for a long time. And sometimes there's a, excuse me, past friendship or sexual history or entanglement or, you know, who knows what. But, like, there's always something there where it's just, like, as you said, there's nothing to prove. Ju- you just know that it works and you know that your time will come. And that although, you know, even though you and Jackie might have had an idea in the back of your head or, like, a daydream or a dream or something that, like, one day you two might work really well together, like, sometimes it just takes time to get to that point.
2: I think a lot of my life I had lists in my head. Yeah. I have to date this girl. I have to date this girl. You know, all these things. Yeah. Especially, um, I'm super close to my family. So it's like, oh, my my family, they are expecting me to date a girl this way. Or like, I know I need to date a girl this way. Like, you have those sort of aspects. And it's just like, when you start to realize that people aren't lists, like you can't just say, I want a friend who, you know, it's just like, you're going to have the most random friends. Like, you should have different relationships. Like, you shouldn't try to put yourself in this box. Like, yeah the minute you find that person who checks off every list you realize they're the wrong person like <laughs> and and that's really how life is so i i mean if i can give i mean i you know we've gone from i, I love the span of topics we've talked yeah. about and now we're talking about this but like if i can say anything just like just find someone who who like motivates you yeah and and someone who makes you feel like you can just be yourself like you don't yeah. have to Pretend to meeting.
0: be anyone else, yeah,
2: and you know, someone who wants to leave the party at the same time you <laughs> do,
0: <laughs> or wants to find a room at the house. The party, yeah, the that room. works too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think there's a trust aspect there, right? It's like, oh
2: god, yeah, just like, everything.
0: Like, you could, it's everything. I mean, it's, I've had it in one relationship, and then all the trust was destroyed because they ended up cheating on me. But like, long story short, just like. When you have that trust bef- before you have a reason not to trust them, it's like mm-hmm. you could put them in a strip club and know that at the end of the night they're still gonna come back to you and never even th- think about doing anything else.
2: It is the best feeling in the whole world. It, I'm, I'm I sure didn't know that was it, I'm, real. I'm sure
0: it, it is, but like here's the thing I thought about. It. It's just like I know people that think that's an ownership thing, it's mm-hmm. not. It's like to me a relationship is a contract that you enter with another person and your rules of engagement are intrinsic to the to your relationship. Because I know people that are in open relationships where they're allowed to see other people. I know people that's the opposite of that. But like for most people, heteronormative relationships, like you are committed to another person. But that is the that is the rules of engagement you have set together. Yeah, essentially, like a monogamous like, relationship. Exactly. Yeah. So essentially, like in any relationship, in my opinion of commitment, it's this idea that you two are essentially agreeing to the same rules and guidelines, which you're going to you're going to live your lives and have a mutual level of respect. There is no ownership. There is no, like, she is mine, I am hers. I always hate those, like, be mine things. It's, like, very possessive, Yeah. right? It's, like, you know, because you seem like to have a very healthy relationship, that, like, in the most healthy relationships, there is no possession. It is a it is a mutual feeling of affirmation towards different human beings. That is all it is. That it all needs to be. It's, like, you, you, you want to be with people who want to be with you as much as you want to be with them. If you have anything less than that, and walk away. Yeah. And you could find that with them eventually, or you could have had it in the past. But if you don't have it now, it's not worth your time. Mm-hmm. Took a long time for me to learn that.
2: God, I mean, there's so many things I'm learning every day, too. It's amazing. It's so yeah. cool. But it's just like, really, just like the basis is just, there's so much of it's just honesty and trust, like, the, which are things that are so difficult to establish, like, as someone who's who, who's dated like my whole life, like, yeah there's so many situations you're like, Oh, well like if I just like don't mention this, it's going to be fine. But like not mentioning one thing, there's yeah. another thing, turns another thing. And then you're just like, everything's uncertain. And yeah. I like just like keeping everything out in the open, you know, or just like respecting yeah. you know, and, and just respecting boundaries be like, there's, there's so much to it. And every relationship is so different. So and I think we get caught so, up so much in these like different, like rom-coms or these different shows. Like, everyone is gonna have a different relationship yeah and i think and may i say one thing though is i see a lot of people who are like on instagram being like oh man dream couple you guys are the best couple i have met all of those couples they're terrible together like the dream the it couples i've met them they're the goddamn worst they hate each other they're like they're like anyone who's on social media who's like really like you know, like doing the beach videos, stuff like that. Like, there's a couple people who I do love as couples, but most of the time, like those Instagram relationships that everyone looks up to, it's so fake. It's so I, fake. Ninety-five percent of the time, and and people define but their relationships. Like, wait, sure. babe, why aren't you? But the walking f- but on the there beach. There are five
0: percent of them that I think are real. My favorite example.
2: I think it's like the same example of like long distance dating.
0: Sure, five percent. I
2: mean, I met, like, one person out of, like, 100
0: bucks. So, so maybe it's 1%, but, like, the only relationship on Instagram that I think is public enough, not, because even, like, I'm talking about, about celebrities. I'm talking about, like, mega celebrities. That's, that, that world's already fake to begin with. so don't even start there. I'm talking I about, don't like, know any. the only relationship I know of that has had its ups and downs, but they've been public about it and also talked about the ups and downs, but I think now we're in a place where it's, like, what you see is real is um, Sam Colder and Chelsea Meese. I know, see Cold
2: colder, Yeah. I don't know yeah, I don't know the thing. So
0: so his girlfriend of now a couple of years they've been on and off. They've always been honest about like when they're seeing each other, when they're not seeing each other.
2: Oh, they're the ones who do the acro. Yes. Oh, that's so
0: cool. It is it is that cool. Is badass. But like I look at them and, and he posted a a, p- a picture today of of them and they're just like they're just being cute in a bed together. Like I don't really know how to describe it and it's just like you can tell that there is no intrinsic purpose besides to just do. And he said, "My teacher, my lover, my best friend, Chelsea Kawaii—that's her username. You are and always have been the light in my life, and
2: I'm forever grateful."
0: That's cute, right? And you look at the photos, you look at who they are, and there's just like there I is. I think I write
2: better captions for my girlfriend, but you know, <laughs> I, he, he makes pretty good videos. I do, <laughs> I, do I do, I do love <laughs>
0: Sam Colder, but his bio does say he's in the flow state, which is you, know, you get it. But like, I, I, I have. He's a very talented creator, and I do mm-hmm. respect him a lot. And so, like, I won't give him shit for anything like that. But, like, look, I think that there are plenty of people that fake relationships that have those things. I remember my favorite example is I was on, I was on, I was on Oahu in mm-hmm. February, beginning of February, and there was this couple at the beach, like twenty feet from me. And I don't know if they're married or they're together or they were just dating or they just, who knows what. But they were like they were clearly together, and she was what I would consider to be called like a wannabe influencer. I don't know if she actually had a following or not. It was, just like, it was the vibe I got. And she had one of those like mini tripods in the towel and she was trying to take a photo with this w- w- bottle of wine. Like clearly a sponsored post. And she took like, what had to have been like three to 500 images. She was and, and, but like But like selfie mode on, like looking at it, like making the duck face, things like that. that but that the dude cute. with her the entire time is just sitting three feet away pretending to be on his phone and staring at her like what the fuck are you doing?
2: That's too bad.
0: But that was my point. I was just He like, should be
2: on his knees taking photos of her. So Support like, her. So
0: it, go, it goes two directions. I think it goes in, it expands ample directions. One, if he was helping, it would have probably taken three shots. Yeah. Part one.
2: Part and You two, gotta hype her up too so it's a better photo.
0: Exactly. Part two, it's just like there was clearly some massive disconnect there Right I don't know if like he was there because he had money and she was there because she was hot, or like something like, some dynamic yeah, like they that. I think you start
2: getting like the judging aspect, which I try to avoid. I, I, I,
0: I'm, not, I'm not trying to judge them, but I'm just saying it's just like they clearly had some kind of massive communication breakdown where yeah. it's just like any functional relationship that this wouldn't have been a thing. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it was really interesting. Like her reaction, clearly, she was clearly being made uncomfortable by her own partner or whoever she was with here by doing her thing. And so my biggest thing is just like, your thing doesn't have to be her thing, and I'm saying this in a heteronormative way, oh, but like, dude, I love that. But yes. like, you need to You're have different, 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 temperaments, talents, and convictions. Like you have to have different interests, and you should, exactly. you should, you should float up the other person. You have to be the, you have to be the, the, the hype, the hype human for your partner, always, absolutely. And if you don't think you should be, if, and if you don't want to hype them up, there's probably a reason why you don't want to, and there's things you
2: should talk about.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I see, I, that's what I think is so important is what you said is people need to have their own interests. And I think a lot of couples get caught up in like, cause they have, the, so the I've had friends who are just like, Oh, like, so Jackie, I'm, I'm I've skied my whole life. Yeah. I love backcountry skiing. Yep. I love skiing. Yep. She doesn't. Yeah, exactly. I love to ski. Yeah. She gets, if she doesn't ski, she goes down to something else. She wants, she wants to come to the mountain. She hops in the hot, like she's got her own thing. You know, like she, she knows that I'm going to ski. And most of the time, you know what? I've never dated someone who I actually want to like ski with, even if they can. Cause like, I want to go ski my certain way. Like it's one of those things that like I can do. There's few people I can be with like, yeah. And just having that split in having your own interests, having your own thing. Like I'm not, it's not like, oh, I have to date a girl who skis or else it's not going to work out. Some people are like that. And, And they, they are where, yeah. You gotta get away. I, I thought that stuff for a little bit, like, oh man, and then I dated a skier. Girl. It's like, not the, the not the no. thing. Like, no. and I, that comes back to the list thing. Is you just you're allowed to have your own lives, and you're allowed to have your own interests, and you're allowed to do your own and if things. If you don't, then what the fuck? And are you then you doing? can come back together at the end of the day and have a blast. Yeah. It's just like, and I, I, I do think people need to let go of certain things like that, where. Yeah totally it, it's just the list aspect of like oh someone has to be this way someone has yeah. to do this thing it's just not the case
0: yeah i used to think about th- so I, I agree with you in something in, in some respect like 95 percent of the way and i'll go into five percent disagree. Mm-hmm. but the big thing for me is like growing up as a cyclist like i was like i need someone i can bike with. it's also fast and fun and i realized like i don't want that i like going off and fucking off my own on a bike like yeah. sitting skiing it's just like it's kind of nice like i love in your case like i love jackie i was having time with her but like I also just want to ski in the backcountry myself and do my own thing. Yeah, nothing wrong with that.
2: Or there's there's like three people I trust in the world to backcountry ski with. Like yeah, I'm still, no, no, It's, a, it's, it's a good point, right?
0: That's me, it's it's a small circle, especially um, in that world. But I just think that. So here's where I disagree with you on the list thing. Mm-hmm. I think when you have specific achievables, it's a downside. But for me, it's like. I know I'll never be successful with someone that isn't like intrinsically creative. Does that make sense? So like that that might not be a checklist item per se, but like I know that like someone so who it's, is, it's a preference. It's a but that, that's not it's not a checklist thing, right? Because it's just like what all I'm asking is that that's that transcends that. It's like I want someone who can do more. Does that make sense? Like I want someone who can be creative in their own way right? It's so like, I don't care if they're a painter or they write or they take photos or they create their own things. It's just like, there are many people in this world that are consumers that don't mm-hmm. actually make anything. They might post on Instagram, they might do things like that, but they, they don't they don't make anything, you know? And I think that for me, at least personally, like, I love people that just make, I don't care what it is. Just that like, I think there's a drive in that. There's a certain like amount of attraction requirement for me that's just like, this is an example. It's just like, like people who make things, yeah, right. And it's just like it's just what I want, right. And I think that's like that's not really a checklist item. It's like a preference. It's like,
2: it's 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 but no it different. It doesn't mean it has to be their career or anything. It means it can be something small, like in the free time. Oh, like no, this, no, totally. So that. And that's him. what's like, nice is I yeah. think a lot of people are like, oh man, I have to have my girlfriend has to be a photographer. My my partner has to, to be. They s- have to ski. They have to love dogs. And love my dog. Yeah,
0: and they yeah. better be vegan too.
2: You know, it's like. Yeah. Just do do your and thing. I, yeah and I think and there's so many things too that you can take on the journey together and be like hey like I have this interest like yeah. or, i mean even just like a, a diet options you know like I try to eat like less pork I try to like eat less things you know like um work towards like you know plant-based like that's been an interesting yeah. thing but at the same time love a good steak yeah. you know and and yeah. being able to share that journey with someone like respect them at the same time like god there's so many things with relationships you could just get into
0: yeah I mean, it's it's kind of beautiful right it's like you you know when you know, and I just think that like in this case we talked about earlier, it's just like I think two people know when their story is not finished, yeah you know, and I think that you and Jackie might have known when you were still friends that like there's something else there you just neither of you were willing to
2: you know for, no i really. i would re- really say for so long we' were, we were just good friends really we really were there really wasn't anything for so long that's really rare you know that right yeah i mean yeah i guess and that's i look back i was like was there ever like this thing It was just like she was just like we're just friends we really were and it was a group of us we'd all travel together we all had a good time the
0: first move to moving it beyond friends
2: (laughs) (laughs) um oh man let me try to think there's a couple like there's a couple of eggs, but I don't know. I think I'll make, I might keep that one to myself. All right. Okay, <laughs>
0: cool. That's fine. Maybe, maybe, maybe another time. Maybe, maybe the, maybe the unrecorded campfire. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, with we'll, we'll some whiskey
2: in the whiskey campfire the and that, line, that's yeah. when we can really get in the weeds of things. But, all right. Um, but have you, I was actually thinking, do you think anyone's ever talked geology, rocket science, social media, and love all in the same podcast? No. Yeah. Sweet.
0: No. I think, I think we're, we're in a, we're in a category of one, which is, this a great is a great, great place niche. Yeah. Um. So there are many different. Ta- I want to. We got. We got go to go on a different tangent. So we've talked about adventure. We talked about love. We talked about geology. What else you got for me? Oh, I have many things. I'm just trying to think. Like which which things. So. want to go to Pokemon. You, we can't talk about Pokemon. <laughs> <but like laughs> no. I've talked about Pokemon. Ex- like John Tang, number fourteen on the Holocene, scene. He, uh, is, like, also a big comic, like manga nerd. Like mm-hmm. him and I went on many tangents. So if you if you if may, that,
2: may I say yes. I am a huge proponent of finding something to yeah. absolutely nerd out over. Oh, I nerd about everything. It is I'm all about it and yeah. I love people who have yeah. their thing they nerd out about. Sure. So I met um met this kid Will I was talking about yeah. who we literally just like yeah, been wanting to meet up with him yeah, yeah. and it just like since I moved up here, super talented guy. And it's just one of those people you're just like, even on social media you can be like, I think I'm to be friends with that person. Yeah. I met both him and another kid, Sam, who's really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went, we were out camping on the coast to like surf and stuff. And he's looking out. There's like a light over. We're out in Port Angeles and there's this light over yeah. and like you can see a boat parked in the water. Yeah. And he's like, I'm like, oh, that's so pretty out there. And he's like, oh, oh, I got this. I got this. He pulls up this app. Yeah. And it's an app that shows where all the boats are uh, yeah, and I where they're it. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, oh, I look at all the, I look at all the time, like I'm this. I have never plans. So and he started talking about it. He's like, I feel like, and he kind of, kind of started apologizing. I'm just like, one Indeed. thing my girlfriend says, like, she's like, don't apologize for things that you're excited over. Yeah. Like people, like be, like, I love yeah. it. Be a nerd about it. Dude, oh. you're into fine tracking boats? I'm a Hell massive, yeah. A I downloaded the app over. and I paid $5 for the premium. Like, <laughs> What's the app called, people that are curious? Oh, man. Uh I literally, you can just search like boat tracker. All but, right, because I I'm, I'm I'll here. link it below. I'll I'm find near, it at, link it below. Uh, Fisherman's terminal. So I just I go all the time there and yeah. grab like brunch. I walk out on the boats and just I look do the at same thing for planes. So like I look at a plane in the sky. I'm like, where is that going? It, yeah, it's so cool. Yeah. Like find those things you nerd out on. No but, matter but then, what but it what is. What if
0: what if you nerd out on everything? Like me.
2: That's great. Even
0: better. Oh, like <laughs> but like there are those like the things. Oh, like, it doesn't oh. have to be a profession either. Because like I like I love nerd out on
2: geology. But like yes, I am like technically a geologist. But like you can nerd out on so many but little you bring up things. You a good point. If, if, you're fun. if you're not It can be a video game. Like, hell yeah. People yeah. get like there's a stigma about video games. I like to nerd out on a video game? Yeah. Hell yeah. Go you. Have fun with it. So, let's
0: talk about something that I nerd out about a lot. Um music. Did you play any instruments growing
2: up? No. I've no musical talent. Really? Well, I've never no, really no, tried. Well, okay, so yeah, that's my thing. I believe everyone has musical talent. Has a beautiful singing voice.
0: I don't. You want to try it? No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> You sure? My microphone's terrifying uh, me. This is hard for me. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you the the walls of my apartment are so thin. And I hope you could hear that. But like my next door neighbor, tangentially to me, night right next door, he has a, like a massive gaming set of his living room. And every once in a while, like this time of night, you'll just be silent. Be like. God fucking damn it. Like, you should have killed him. You should have got him. Like, like, I hope you respawn in hell. Like, you got like, you all these, like, gamer terms I heard in high school. I love it. I was like, I, I, gotta, I gotta respect the kid. I and you
2: just gotta, you gotta be sitting there cooking and be like, hell yeah. You, hell ner- yeah. you just, nerd just, out, just, dude. Just, do your thing. Do your I... thing. Have fun. Just
0: yeah. don't wake me up. Yeah. <laughs> so, You're saying about music, though? Music. Uh, would you say that music is important to you? Absolutely. Uh, is there, like, there's so many tangents we can go down. I spent the entire previous podcast of this with Cyrus Reynolds was all about music. Yeah. Composition. So mm-hmm. you listen to it. Um, Cyrus is a super cool guy. We, we got many different tangents. And I think one thing that him and I talked about was interesting is like, if I were to look at your library right now, what would be something in there that I'd be surprised to see that you have or listen to often?
2: Chaos. Just absolute chaos. I mean, I... Uh, like, give, me, give me a specific example. <sighs>
0: like 2006 Hannah Montana...
2: You oh know. yeah, I love yeah. She's great. Um, no, You're I'd say serious. so. I've actually lucked out where I would pretty much listen to the same thing. Like I had my artists that I would just listen to. I love lyrically charged, like sure, just guitar, beautiful lyrics, like really, like almost like a spoken word sense. Like yep. uh, Jeffrey Martin is one of my favorite artists. Right. Anna Tavell, they're both based out of Portland. I've seen them up here. Phenomenal. Yeah, like just the the. the Bring you to tears, yeah. um But I think Jackie recognized that I needed new music in my life. <laughs> so since we've I like moved that. up in Seattle, yeah. she's been like curating playlists, like monthly playlists. I love that. And because she's just like and she's the else? artsy type. She yeah. is movies, music, yeah. Just like has her, you know, her hand on the pulse of yeah. it all. That's half and of me. I I've really, really want to meet Jackie. So. Yeah. And I've been learning so much through her of music and yeah. just like in her background, like her whole, she just grew up going to shows and like, I never yeah. really went to concerts. Yeah. I really didn't. And now I've been like getting into it way more and it's so fun and being in Seattle, I can't wait. Cause like, I want to be thrown into, I don't even care what music it is. Like yeah. just throw me in the pit somewhere, or like, you know, at a bar yeah. somewhere and I want to listen. I want to consume this, yeah. just this art, this beauty and, um, but yeah, I I'd, I'd say, I am I really get all over the place with music. I mean, like I was telling you earlier, I love to run to um, piano music. Yeah. Do you have um, any favorites? Huh? Any favorites? God, it's um, Jin John. Oh man. I need. I'll I'll find. It. I'll let you know okay. later. Yeah, I'll put it below. But yeah, there's a you know beautiful artist and I would love to run to it at night because I'm I'm a mental health runner. I'm not like yeah, running yeah, yeah miles. Yeah. I love to run up the have hill. You remember the guy named
0: Ludovico Nioi?
2: No, no, oh. I haven't. I need you to send me something. Yeah, you sent me the, who piano. was it? Who's the artist that? Kishibashi. Oh my God. Kei Ishibashi. Wonderful. His, his real name is. Love it. Kei, I, I was running heard. it. I was literally running to it. Kei, I
0: love Keiru, it. Karu, I, I will, when I interview him, yeah. so I I'll get his name right, but like his last name is Ishibashi. So he goes by Kei Ishibashi, and then his, his stage name is Kishibashi. But mm-hmm. like anyone who's listened to this podcast, I've mentioned Kishibashi many times. Um, he's in my newsletter often. He's just on my Instagram often. Like he's, his, his work, tra- his music transcends what I thought music could do. Um, and if you ever watch a video of him perform, you will be so surprised that one human being with one single instrument and one mouth can just make so much beautiful magic. It's phenomenal. I mean, he has his band behind him. It's, it's I don't know, it's like, he has music that'll make you cry, that'll make you sink, that'll sink, sing, that'll uh, sing, sing, music that'll make you ponder life, music that you dance, uh, like, I don't know, like, so, so I'll, I'll link some of the stuff below, but if you have listened to this podcast before, I've, I've definitely shared, uh, plenty of Kishibashi. there, there's, like, I'm such a music head, I used to, one of the hallmarks of my previous newsletter was, like, Weekly Playlist, mm-hmm. it was very popular, I thought about bringing it back, but it takes so much time to get done, I'd have oh, to, like, sure. I'd have to remove, like, one part of the current newsletter, yeah, it's just, yeah. like, it's, and I it might, I thought about replacing something like, or, or, like, switching it off like it's either a playlist or this because i think th- i think that you know i'm realizing that i used to be really hard about being like i'm going to try this over and over again and if it doesn't work it doesn't work mm-hmm. right but i think you'd be better at being like here's a mixed bag of things that you can find this will contain some of them and it's going to depend on how i feel sometimes like i don't want to write a photo essay sometimes i, d- I, d- I want to just make a playlist about how i'm feeling or like I want to include a podcast or like do something special. Who knows, right? But like I'm, I'm on a tangent. But the, the point I'm trying to make is that music to me has always transcended everything. It's saved my life a few times. It's brought me from the darkest places and the happiest places and vice versa. It's it's kind of the measurement of how I run my life. And I think that if you look at my stats, I, I probably listen to music on average eight to ten hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been I just i just it, it just it keeps me going sometimes it's just like i don't know sometimes you can just sit there and listen to music and like that's all i need like i'd be fine the rest of my life with just that yeah i don't know i think i think that you know music is so powerful and so moving and i i played a lot of instruments and i still still do so like i think that's part of it but like uh. i don't know the, the evolution of music i think is a is a beautiful thing to talk about and it's something i've always wanted to talk about on a podcast and i think that Say the conversation for for Kishi, but
1: yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, you know, it's d- not my it's not my, my expert. No, no, that's that's but fine. But I yeah, I'm just I think I, I do. I mean, God, just yeah. I, I actually like, one of the funniest things is I uh, found a CD that a uh, guy made for my sister, like yeah. a mix. I love that. In like middle school. Oh fuck yeah! And it was like a gang star. <sighs> it was like Nas. It was all these just on art the dirty heads like it was just all these so, um, did this dude have a crush on your sister I mean, oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, we're actually good buddies now oh nice. he had, i think he had a crush on my sister but you know um i would say that would be funny if they're like dating or married now. yeah i know that would be right yeah. no we're actually good buddies he uh he's an awesome guy but um one of the artists on there was it was a spoken word poem by this guy Tom Pepe from the Nomads, oh, yeah. called "Pick Me Apart," and he's a Seattle guy. He like went to U Dub. Yeah, um, he raps all about Seattle. i will be link below so
1: you can. And, and, it. and
2: uh I he he's one of the artists that like literally all I listened to was through high school. Like I started going to shows with them in college. I ended up hanging like hang out them some of their shows stuff like that. Yeah, and just again lyrically charged, beautiful. He yeah. raps about like you know, everything he's been through, like, they started rapping in, like, high school, so it's, like, their journey from there and there, they're living in LA, and so much about Seattle, they have songs about, like, gas works, but some of his spoken word, like, the song literally picked me apart, is just beautiful, and it's one of those songs that, like, I can just, in my head, like, I, I love, I love poetry, I love stand-up poetry, like, yeah. I love, um, when I first moved back to Utah, my friends and I would get together, have a wine night, and we do poetry night,
1: and it was just literally, like, I love that.
2: it was one of those things where, you know, not a lot of people get enough time where, like, you know, there's people who are, like, actually good at it. Yeah. But, like, just, like, hey, like, we wrote something, we want to share it. Yeah. Or, hey, we read something we loved, like, we want to yeah. share it. And one of those things was, like, I just know by heart. Yeah. And it's, like, this, like, kind of spoken word rap. And it's just yeah. the, the, those kind of things you tie to. And especially even Seattle now being here, re-listening to the songs. And he starts rapping about the bus stations and the buildings and the yeah. things. And, like, recognizing it. Looking back to this music I, like, grew up on in, like, high school. And now being in the city. And it's, like, the small artists I've met and hung out with and, yeah. like, drink with and you know all that but because
0: why music is storytelling exactly the best things in life are yeah, everything i mean it just we are the, the, we, the we, construct we, of the stories <laughs> we tell ourselves
2: yeah right? we are just all beautiful beautiful stories we're all little blades of grass <sighs> and how lucky we are to be able to be these things
0: right because you couldn't tell a story without imagination and with that imagination you're not human so humans are stories, right? And that's yeah. and that's why we're both Creating here. Creating these stories. Um, do you? How do you define success
2: personally? Oh man, I define success. I've got my my LinkedIn brain working right now, but um, shut it off. I I'd, I'd say uh, let's, let's, success let's, to me is just it. it it's a work life balance aspect. It's it's being. Um, I think a lot of people imagine it as like, oh, I get to do whatever I want, but I still have income, but like. I think there's such a happiness that comes out of having hard, challenging tasks thrown at you through work and completing them. Like me being stressed out at work, like sometimes it's like the best months because I'm like just grinding, having so much fun. So, but I want to be able to also pump the brakes when I need to. Yeah. Um, so I really do. I, th- I think, I know it's a dumb question, but like, yeah, like success for me is a, um, a, a life that you can live the way you want it Yeah. with, Uh, the the balances that you need and it's it's just so person to person and maybe that's a cop-out answer but my success is so different from my my brother or sister sure you know i think
0: success is like is defined intrinsically by the human that's trying to
2: yeah and and people have different wants you know there's certain people who um want like families you know so like the success is so different in that sense and there's people who um you know, want the Lamborghini and want the mansion or people who want yeah, the van, things, you know? Yeah. And like, there's certain people who are like, Hey, I'm happy having so little. I think that's such, I think, so yeah, it, it really depends. But I think just that it's really just the balance between like, ah, man, I just feel like that's a cop out answer, but
0: no, I don't think it is. I, yeah. think, I think it's, it's true. It's like the only, the only wrong answer. I think when people are like, this is success, everyone has to measure up to the standard. It's Like, no, it's subjective. Yeah, it's having a PhD. Life Nothing is else. subjective. Right? Yeah. Literally everything is subjective. I was writing, I was ro- wrote one of my pieces about this. Um, there's this there's this theory called Munchausen's Trilemma. <laughs> We're going go to go down another tangent. Essentially, it states that every single argument can only be answered by one of three processes. An axiomatic argument, a dogmatic, no, axiomatic, circular, or infinite. Right? Circular is like religion is circular it's like uh why is why does god exist because god is the only true creator of mankind why is he that because he said he is why is the bible that way because god said the bible is and the bible is because the god says it is. it's like it's, a, it's like it only proves itself by being itself like it's not intrinsically wrong or right it's just it only exists because of precepts that make it, it's circular right ad infinitum would be like um why is something this way? It's because of that. Why is that that way? Because of this. Why is it because of this? Like, it's, it, it just you can go on, keep asking forever, why? Why? It's a little, little four-year-old being like, hey, why is this this way, dad? Yeah. And then dogmatic is more like, this is that way because it is. You know? um, And so my favorite argument is talking about it is just like, you realize through reading this suddenly that everything is objective. Like, we view the sky as blue through humans, right? But is the sky really objectively blue? We don't know. It's subjective to us and the human experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who knows if, like, the one color colorblind kid is red or, like, right? Who knows if that's the red right color and the rest of us are, f- are fucked? Or what if, like, what if the sky doesn't actually exist all? It's all a construct? What if it's a simulation? Like, we don't know. Well, I mean, it is, but... <laughs> I mean, we all live in the past, right? By the time that our brain is able to interact and understand what's going on in the real time it's the past right and so there's something that sam harris always talks about it's like we, we live in the past right and so you can't no amount of guilt will change the past no amount of anxiety will change the future right and now we're getting deep mr Phil, philosophy <laughs> um and I
2: think i just read a little too much too much nietzsche
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah me too um yeah i mean i feel like we could, we could talk about this for hours but at the same point in time it just
2: look yeah we can always do a part two in new york
0: part two in new york yeah it will happen with jackie we can, make it, we can make it a three part series yeah part as long as, as there's series.
2: cigars in that some whiskey
0: yeah of course
2: um
0: no the point i'm trying to make is this success subjective the human experience we are all the stories we tell ourselves. And I've said that eight times now in this podcast, but it's true. It's like, if you want to be something, be it. If you want to do something, just go fucking do it. Like, the whole world was made up by people no smarter than you or I.
2: And still no one knows what they're doing.
0: No one fucking like, knows.
2: Like, that anymore. means, I tell it, like, I reinforce everyone no who's No one here, fucking knows. Them. And they're trying to figure this shit. Hey, we're figuring out day to day. I have some of the smartest yeah. people, and they're just like, yeah hey, this
0: should work. Yeah, my friend recently... She's, I'm trying to get her to become a freelancer. She's like, but how do, you, how do you figure all this stuff out? I'm like, you figure it out as you go. Yeah. Like everyone else. Is. Everyone.
2: And no one admits it. Yeah. No yeah. one admits they're just figuring it out. Well, because here's,
0: the, but here's the honest truth. Not everyone has the ability to just figure it out.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Very it is. takes a special person. And every,
0: everyone should try. And if they can't, then there's nothing wrong with just existing in the ether. And, uh. And doing your own thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um all right. Is there something that you believe in that most don't?
2: Nuclear energy is the future.
0: All right. Expand.
2: Um I just I was actually in this conversation last night. Um I think a lot of people uh were on like a big, you know, sustainable kick, you know, yeah. EVs this that, sure. you know. And I solar kind of wind get, yeah, know, yeah 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 and I um I have a really weird podcast library it's like yeah oil and gas weekly sure uh, and then mine battery metals <laughs> podcast yeah you know things like that um, it's sort of riveting honestly but I just think like I mean I, maybe I could have gone deeper with that but I think a lot of people just have a stigma against nuclear energy yeah and really it is just a f- the most it's the only like energy that is really like waste free if done correctly, and if done, if done correctly, <laughs> if done correctly, <laughs> and where I think a lot of people are like, well, why don't we just have electric cars? Okay, where the microchips? Where where's the lithium? Where's the cobalt? Like, do you want to tear apart Africa? Do you th- want to th- do it in our backyard? Do you want to drill up Nevada? Do you want to give us the permits to do it in the U.S.? Like, With, which, which they are now, which is response exactly, which is great. But there's so many things like that where you know where are all these this this these these raw materials yeah. coming from you know because everything comes from somewhere and no one gets that it seems yeah. like so I am a big believer in just like when I people like because you don't say it like I, I don't think I ever just yeah. be like oh yeah but because people have such a significant... Fusion but. or fusion or both uh it's a uh, fusion that's the um that's, not that's the holy grail yeah the holy grail yeah. um' throw our raw money at it oh but just like just give up on everything else and throw all our a, money at fusion
0: I'm optimistic that in our lifetime, we'll see some some actual bond, limit. but but to people so people don't know, know. Um, a geologist and a rocket science walk at a bar talk about nuclear fusion fission. Here we go. So nuclear fission essentially is the process in which you have natural radioactive decay, and that decay. I'm trying to make this as lame as as possible. Yeah, good. That decay gives off heat. That heat is then used to superheat water that is then passed through turbines which create electricity. That is a nuclear power plant. That is Everything that exists in the world right now that is nuclear-driven, including a submarine or an a- or a aircraft carrier or a reactor.
2: But it produces waste.
0: But it produces waste. And th- that waste is the fact that that radioactive material is, A, unstable, mm-hmm. B, very dangerous to humans. Very. And like just like we bury rods somewhere in this mountain in the middle of Nevada, right? We haven't yet.
2: Deep geological... Um Things. Well, they're in storage, right?
0: They're, they're in, like... The thing is, the amount of materials required right now to store these things is immense. The a mountain, yeah. So the... the Iron mountain. There's
2: theories of, like, how to store them, but technically sure. they're in, like, these lead casings which last about, like, 25 years. So we've something. got a little bit of time to figure it out, and I do think we will for the disposal, but...
0: Some of those are running out, though. I've, you, but I've driven past the highway next to a truck that has, like... It has three rods inside of it, and there's like four feet of reinforced steel. Like the, the containers are designed to be hit by a train and explode the train, because like you do not want this shit getting out. Like, yeah. and okay, so and then fusion, right? Fusion is how our sun works. Fusion exactly. is how we haven't figured it out, but essentially, it's just like it is limitless energy through the combination of material. Mm-hmm. It is, it is an engine that is elemental to the process of creation of, of of matter and if we can harness energy from nuclear fusion there is no waste and theoretically nothing runs forever but it'll run for a very long time
2: i mean forever in and human, in in like, human sense like yeah and like no waste and no we waste. Just, it's like what the, the and f- and baby we are just firing just, yeah.
0: so um helium three which is the most pivotal uh isotope for nuclear fusion Is heavily abundant on the moon. Most people don't know that. Okay,
2: now I didn't know that. There is
0: a strong abundance of nuclear fusion. So, this big race for like China, India, Russia, US, SpaceX, Blue Origin back to the moon, helium three is probably the biggest thing that no one will talk about. Learned it in college and then it's like a very, very, very hush hush. Like, no, 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 no. Like, we don't don't talk about helium three. Because helium three.
2: They're listening in now.
0: So, there's always a dark side of science, right? And it's used for human
2: escapades, let's call it. That's it actually. usually has good intentions at first.
0: So the same the same nuclear power plants, the same fissionable nuclear materials that are used to create power all over the world right now are also used in nuclear bombs, nuclear missiles. It's the exact same fissionable nuclear technology, right? Mm-hmm. Except in the case in which you are introducing two like or unlike radioactive materials to each other that are then producing a reaction that is so cataclysmic that it causes essentially what's known as a nuclear blast, right? Which is just like this unimaginable excess of heat and radiation that in a certain blast radius will immediately disintegrate and wipe out and kill anything living or remotely close to being living or existing in in its path then everything else in a far greater radius than that will not only be EMP'd and completely electronically destroyed, but also will live with radioactive fallout for a very long time. It's not not a not a pleasant thing, right? Like right. nuclear holocaust, global nuclear war, not something we want. Nuclear fusion. That's what we want. We want. But that same material that is used for nuclear fusion also has an even dirtier side. Which people no one talks about. I don't know if Ooh. you you're, you, do, no, you know I what we're doing with Wait, this no, Okay, so if you have a fissionless nuclear bomb, right, you essentially have all the power of a nuclear warhead, like that original blast, without the radioactive fallout. And people are like, that's wonderful. It's not wonderful. The main reason why we still exist, there was no Cold War, there was no global thermonuclear war, is because... There's martyrdom involved with nuclear weapons. Use enough of them, the radiation will cover the earth and destroy humanity very quickly, Mm -hmm. right? Like look at Chernobyl, that was very small compared to like the amount of nuclear armaments we have around the world, right? It would make land, it would eventually get into the water supply worldwide, eventually kill off animals, eventually destroy our environmental ecosystem. It would wreak havoc on everyone. So basically if anyone were to use it, it would destroy humanity over the course of 100 years, almost guaranteed, if we were to like large range that. So, a fissionless nuclear bomb would allow a, a nation or an individual or a terrorist group or whatever to have the same destructive power as a nuke, but not facing the consequences of it. And it could be the size of a Nalgene can It could take out a mile. So, the problem is, is, let's take Gaza. One of the opposing parties there could theoretically place a fissionless nuclear bomb in a place they don't want it to be, completely wipe out their literal next door neighbor off the face of the earth, and face no radioactive martyrdom consequences because of that. And that is an utterly terrifying premise. Like someone, someone could go into D.C. and build one big enough that it have a 10 mile blast radius, wipe out something 10 miles away with an utter assured sense of destruction, and there be and that people could walk in that zone and feel no radiation afterwards. And people are like, oh, it's great. It's not. Because no, th- it's like, there's a beautiful thing about chemicals and chemical explosions. I'm not talking about chemical warfare. I'm talking about like C4 dynamite. Fireworks. Fireworks, right? There's a limit. It's a size limit. Like if you want to blow up a mile, you need a massive amount of things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you start coming to this idea where it's like, you could start planting micro devices that could like, like something the size of a pe- stick of gum could take out an entire plane. Mm-hmm. Something the size of a briefcase could take out an entire city. I guess I'm just thinking if we had energy
2: independence, we'd uh, have more stability. Do you think so? I think so. I think I think energy independence and in something like that would create so much stability, absolutely. So, I kind of... I mean, I I also do not want to get into anything political. No, and so. I
0: don't need... No, 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 I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm just saying it's just like, look...
2: I think energy. In, in, I think I love that you brought up, I that had that approach of yeah. like the what a beautiful thing. And then it was interesting. You know, there are anything. There's a bad side to it. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's true. I we got you can you can take anything that is meant meant for good and make it bad.
0: No, no, no it's true. And I, and I like I'm, I'm I still think it's worth. I think nuclear fusion is absolutely worth pursuing. I'm just saying like there is like people should be aware that there is always a opposite, mm-hmm. an equal reaction, right? Yeah. Um, and so with, with energy dependence, I agree with you. It's like most conflicts in history have been due to energy, whether that was human energy and power or actual energy and oil and gas and, and
2: fuel or, or land or, uh, it's not going to solve everything, but it'd solve a
0: hell of a lot. Oh, it's solve a hell of a lot. I think at the end of the day, I'll just, I'll just leave it with this and I'm happy to have your comments on this, but like, unfortunately I've seen this firsthand. I'm sure you have too. I think there will always be people and in, individuals in society that want to just wreak havoc. Agents of chaos. Absolutely. And so this idea of like a utopian society to me just doesn't seem like possible. But <sighs> I think we can fix a lot of I problems. I think,
2: I think our 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 idea of a utopia is a little skewed, but I think most I, I do think I do think
0: most crime is preventable people. through fixing society.
2: Yeah. right? And I, I think most there's certain st- there's there's so many things that there's always gonna be chaos, obviously. Yeah. Things are always gonna lead to what second thought law of through dynamics like they're gonna lead to disorder. Internet. but um yeah. yeah and i just i do think that if there is more stability there's more access there's more things like i mean I, I feel like there's the data to probably back it up but things will get better things will become less you know put in a situation to have to fight for things or have to
1: yeah
2: uh, you you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> but
0: no i do know what you mean um I feel like that's a that's a that's a whole other podcast. God, it. I know. Yeah, big.
2: we got. I, we could just go topic and topics.
0: Yeah. Um. So I think we're we're approaching we're at two hours and twenty two minutes and twenty two seconds. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, yeah. As the recorder. So I think I think we're starting to wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, originally planning on eating steaks after this, but I think we're probably just gonna go home. <laughs> we'll probably got. Um, and and we can do steaks another time. Uh, we had popcorn and tortillas and wine before this. So I was glad we did that, but. Um, so I always try to get everyone out on a couple questions. Okay. Uh, these are what I call, I don't really have a name for them, but essentially they're questions that you can answer in as few or many words as you please. Okay. But they're meant to make you think and they're okay. meant to stump you. And they're meant to like, you, you're, you can pass if you want, but if you do.
2: All right, I'll do my best.
0: Okay. So if you had a billion dollars that you couldn't spend on yourself, what problem would you try and solve? Oh man, that's
2: a good one. Um,
0: I feel like we just talked about what
2: you do. I mean, a billion is not a lot. It's (laughs) vernacular. No, but it it would start. Billion. um, Oh man, that is so difficult. Like immediately off the bat, I think, um, going towards um, like water supply in the Southwest. Which like I really have a yeah. passion for. Just like growing up in Utah, yeah. in Southern Utah, like you know, water regulation, Colorado, Big like, problem. Yeah, yeah, and um, and that that's just something that I've always wanted to at the end of my life, like sure. work on. And yeah. so I think like, wow, what are my passions? Like something like that is so true. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if I give a billion dollars to Seattle, like, I don't know, that's a good one. Uh, I yeah, I, I'm just going to, first off top of my head. I was thinking, obviously, I'm an environmental guy. Um, uh, I'd go towards the place my home. It's from, and I'd I'd love to solve some of the environmental issues with um, uh, water issues in the Southwest,
0: Colorado Plateau. Perfect. Um, Is there a story that your parents or family like to tell about you?
2: Oh man, yeah, there's a lot. Um, I, I think I mentioned it early in the podcast, but I think just simple enough. uh, The best way to describe me was uh my parents like they just couldn't keep me inside i would just cry yeah and they couldn't always that. just like follow me around all day you know yeah so like before i could like even talk my mom just gave me a walkie-talkie and i would just wander off in the neighborhood and like the other parents would call being like you know your kid is just walking around my mom's like look he's got a walkie-talkie he's, he's fine he's gonna be okay he's gonna be okay you know and i'd be like call her and be up on the mountain so i before i even have a memory and so i think i i I laughed at most of that because I don't remember it but my mom always tells that story and I still have walkie-talkies in my car today because I love
0: them. I, I've always also loved walkie-talkies and I thought it was like the coolest, ma- it's like magic, it's like this magical yeah, box. I I still we I mean, I mean now have iPhones, like it's not as special. Not as cool. I do love sending voice messages though. So I turn my phone
2: off on road trips and I hand my friend a walkie-talkie and then we only
0: talk to walkie-talkies. Oh, I need to do that. Yeah. That's, that's fucking beautiful. I'm done with it, yeah. Um okay if you could send a single push notification to everyone's phone in a given area where would it be what would it say Oh
2: god that's really good too these are fantastic um push notification First thing that came to mind would be just like I, I'd want to just like have just be happy. Like I was thinking, literally just like a flash, like everyone outside and dance, like just like something. Like I just would love to see the city erupt happy. Like I was thinking about like yeah. New York during the pandemic, everyone like singing and stuff. Where I'd love the idea of like everyone pull out your phone and play this like Mr. Brightside or something, and everyone yeah. sing to it. Uh, just something to bring just like the masses together, happy. Like I, I maybe that's the pandemic talking, but like I just I want to see everyone together, just like happy. And just something yeah. so positive, you know. Wow.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's pretty it can be pretty trite and pithy, but like we don't I think we need to do a better job of celebrating the human experience overall. Like there there are so many things that you can get you down in life and can make you rethink or question or be anxious, but like I think there's this Guy named Tony Robbins. You familiar Tony Robbins? Mm-hmm. All right. So he has this quote where it's like it's really hard to be anxious or nervous or upset or fearful when you're grateful.
2: It's like there are a lot of things I you can you f- still be. You can still be those things, but like it's, it's harder to be. Yeah, no, yeah, no yeah. but like
0: the, the point is this: is like whenever you catch yourself in those modes, you're usually focusing on something that probably isn't worth focusing on. Once you go out and be like, "Don't focus on the bad." You can if you need to. Maybe it maybe can help you in some ways, but like. Think about everything else. And that usually resets you. It's like, today's having a bad day, and I kind of take a step back and I remember everything I'm doing. I remember, like, then I remember, um, like, what I want to do in the future and who I want to be with and who I want to see and places in the world I want to travel to. And, like, you know, like, you remember, like, little things and, like, the things that just keep you going. Like, realize that, like, something right now in your life that might seem... Earth shattering or earth ending. It's just a bump in the road.
2: Blades of grass, man. Of grass. You're, You're a blade of grass stuff. on the football field of life. Yeah, it's all turf now. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Literally. Social media. Right, What's um, got for me? Advice for your grandchildren's generation.
2: Hey, again, just everyone's figuring it out man like if i wish i was taught that younger and i i literally talked to my mom about that and she's like oh man i totally feel that." like you know (laughs) she like she like gave her relief that i was realizing that yeah she's like she's like it took me till i was like 40 to realize like everyone's figured out no one really realizes that i i I think our generations have become more and more honest with each other and hold out less and less but it really is just that that shared of like look like hey we are not perfect we are figuring it out no. And I love that. And I love that to think like, Hey man, I'm so excited to figure things out. You know, like yeah. instead of it being scary, Oh man, what am I going to be? Mm. Oh man, I'm so excited to see what type of opportunities I create yeah. for myself for what I can do.
0: Once you, once you actualize opportunities in existence and what you can do and what you will do, yep. usually opens up everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Uh, if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? No rules. No budget.
2: There's a um national park in like northeast Canada. Hmm. It's like I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like A T T I Q U something like that. Yeah. That's well, where th- yeah. like the Thor Mountain is. Oh yeah. That'd be cool. badass. You get like one month out of the year to maybe go. Like, probably it's July, right? Yeah, it's like, and it's like, no, yeah. Oh, it, it just looks look insane. Up. Is it called Thor Mount? Yeah, I think it's called Thor Mountain. And it's like the biggest vertical drop in the world or something.
0: Thor Peak, Baffin. Oh, it's on Baffin Island. Mount Thor. Yeah. Is it on Baffin Island? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, No, it's an I, I, ooh, yes. Yep, yep. A U, Y yep. U, I T T U Q National Park on Baffin Island, Nunavut, Canada. It's on just.
2: I should have blurred that all out. It's like one of my secret spots. I really want to go to. No, it's next okay. thing this I know, thing someone's gonna. Holy
0: shit! I know, bad ass. Northeast has a name of Pangnir Tung. I'm, I'm butchering that. I apologize. It features Earth's greatest vertical drop of 4,101 feet. <laughs> the cliff overhanging an average angle of 15 <laughs> degrees from vertical. Despite its, it's remoteness, so this cool. feature makes it popular for rock climbing. No shit. Camping is allowed with several designated campsites located throughout the length of the. Actually, pass for climbers looking to scale Mount where There is an established campsite a few kilometers north of its base, complete with windbreaks and emergency shelters. Yeah, this is wild. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen this. Um, Canada's so like
2: slapped on in some of the. Oh, areas. it is, but I, I saw this in a video
0: where they were skiing like the the, the chute next to it, and it was like this 4,000 foot just it's just a chute. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, it took them two hours to go down because it's like super steep, just turn, turn, solid ice. Trying to fall three thousand feet, because literally it's like it gets deep enough where like if you miss a turn, you're just falling. Yeah. Uh oh, that kinda ooh, that can me chills and like a weird cool. jump off it. As long as I had a uh parachute. Geography. Yeah, this is sorry, I'm I'm looking at my phone. Ascends. Yeah, it's been climbed. Uh made the first ascent in 1965. <laughs> um first on the West face was nineteen eighty-five. Uh, for solo ascent was 1998. Alex Holland, I'm kidding. And the first <laughs> free climb of the South Buttress was made in 2012. Wait, someone free climbed <laughs> Yeah. Jeez. Of the South Buttress. So I don't know if that was the entire thing or just the Buttress. Yeah, that's probably some Russian. Uh, no, Bill, Bur- Bill Borger and John Furneau. Sounds like Russians. Bill Borger does not sound he's a Canadian, Calgary based businessman, adventurer, and Canadian chartered accountant.
2: Canadian adventurer and a accountant. Uh, he was the
0: first one to swim across the English channel. It's the first Canadian to swim across the English channel. So are on a tangent. All right. Um, now I'm just asking you all the questions I start off dating apps with. Because um, okay. this is fun to play with you. If you could replay Quarantine and you could, like, choose where you were and who you're doing with, like, you knew exactly how long it was going to be and how long you are going to be there, like, what where, ch- would you change?
2: Oh, man. I'd be somewhere tropical. I'd be in, like... Some sort of cheap place with good Wi Fi. I mean, it's hard for me because I I do field work, so I've actually am yeah. in the field a ton. But like, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be somewhere nicer for the winter
1: because the winter sucks here. I don't
2: know. I had yeah, a good time. I, I surfed. I, I skied, traveled a good amount. So. No, I tried somewhere. I just saw the people go to tropical places. Look nice
0: places um i think i might actually have a question but i think it's just i think it's just you've seattle you've exhausted a lot of questions um i'm trying to see if there's anything else that's worth because we're, we're just in the mode at this point if you're still listening and no one's listening at this point
1: <laughs>
0: um, mom are you there
2: <sighs> you do a final wrap-up question
0: yeah i'm trying to find like i the funny thing is all these ama all these ama questions I, that i've been asked me um and okay do you have you have you dealt with anxiety in your life oh yeah okay what are some of the more positive lessons skills or habits you've been able to learn or develop from living with and facing anxiety
2: so i i wouldn't say anxiety hits me like too hard like how some people talk about their anxiety Mm -hmm. like just absolutely crippling i've had that um i think i just have like a really like active mind where sometimes i can't shut it out yeah um writing i I literally changed my life just like i've been journaling for god my best friend walked in my room when i was in high school like my senior year Junior year, senior year, threw a book in my face, said happy birthday. And <laughs> fucking I've just been writing ever since. So I've been journaling since I was. So in like high by school. book you mean journal. Yeah, the journal, yeah. yeah. And you just literally, and I've been journaling ever since. It's so fun to look back on. It's like, God, I, you want to go punch myself in the face. But like just that, like when you stress, like everything in your head, write it down, staying active and just like you know, really just trying to figure out just like how to schedule your time a little bit. Like just I really do think exhausting yourself. If you're if you're beat, just run until you can Just yeah. just run, you know. And it. it just that and writing those combinations can do so much.
0: Yeah, I think I think you you I think those are both things. And let's let's I'm gonna go out a little bit, one layer behind, and basically like I think physical activity of any kind, like find your niche.
2: I can't sleep unless I, I'm active. At no, yeah. So day, like so.
0: I'm, it's like it's now. Twenty two forty seven, 47 west coast time yeah. yeah so it's like it's i'm sure we're gonna go to bed shortly after we finish this. yeah yeah i got a nice job i got a nice um, work tomorrow nice yeah me too so i have you know early morning workout um and i think the second thing with with it's not just writing for me it's i do some journaling as i've showed you you know mm-hmm. podcasting this helps uh creation making photos videos sometimes you like sometimes like you know i think you know i'm saying Sometimes someone posts a video or a photo on Instagram, and the caption, like, you know what they're saying, and then you know they put a lot of effort into saying something, because you know it meant a lot to
1: them. Mm-hmm.
0: Some people are just like, oh, they're saying something stupid. It's like, oh, no, no, this is a lot for this person.
2: Yeah, I do love that. Right, When someone who doesn't normally post, like, deep stuff, like, actually oh, goes the other way. But I always
0: post deep stuff.
2: Yeah, uh, I know, like, if I do it, people aren't like that guy. He just likes to... Like, oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, remember why you started...
2: Yeah. Yeah. I already forgot.
0: <laughs> well the deeper you get, the deeper you get.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Anything else? Anything else want to plug No, in, man, to this say? this has
2: just been a it's been a great experience. I was um I'd say this is fun. I was uh I was a little nervous about coming on a podcast talking about myself. Yeah. Um being recorded and all that, but at the same time, like I, I make most of my decisions based on like yeah. I knew that I was, I had a fear to it. So I was like, I have to do it because, yeah. like, literally all of life, all of the best experiences come from leaving your comfort zone, doing things that freak you out. Like, so if something scares you, that means you should probably do it. Yeah. So, yeah. But, and uh, I, th- I really just appreciate you having me on, having the conversation. And uh, always, always. Uh, and and it's great we finally and, got the chance and to do And now we're friends. Yeah. There you go.
0: That's all it takes. <laughs> just um, three,
2: four, or five hours of conversation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Two hours and 37 minutes of podcasting plus two hours of pre conversation. It's been. It's been fun, but look, hey, um, for the first time ever, I think I'm going to add the outro to the podcast directly in the end. So, yeah, do it. I um, hope you all very much enjoyed this episode of the Holocene Podcast. Uh, Steve, you can find Steve online at Steve Strell. Steve spelled the normal way. Strell spelled S-T-R-E-H-L. You can also Google him online, add him on LinkedIn, do whatever the fuck you want to do. Uh, my name is Rob Akincloss. You can find me online at Rob or at robockenkloss.com. And I hope you all
1: have a fantastic evening. Bye, Steve. Uh, Hey, thanks for having me over. No problem.